And this is how I win. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. Hate, 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 hate. Double hate. Load entirely. You're out of order. You're out of order. Everything that guy just says bullshit. Thank you. with you the intro song is probably the only reason i still do this show because i hate this community i can't get a list to save my life like basically where it's sitting right now is it's going to be me and jack pinchuk for the rest of the time just doing episodes together and that's just a pairing i did not sign up for um we're doing 2000s oscars this thing jumped around a lot and then we settled on 2000s oscars um and I probably have three of the correct people to be here for the Oscars, and then I have Jack. Um, and lucky I could only limit it to one, like, movie, because Fellowship would have broke some records, or so one of them would have broke a lot of records. Oh, your turn. Uh, uh, but, uh, well, I couldn't. It won a lot of those. Uh, overall, no. we're doing 2,000 Oscars. One, I want to start the show with. Next week, I have Heist Team. You get to build a heist team from movie characters. They only can't be in a crime movie. I have one person, uh, Jack, which I'm trying not to have Jack on the show, not against him, but I want There to are other lists. You. I just haven't sent you yet. I have them. I will send them. No one likes you. Uh, Brian <laughs> Michaels is confirmed. Brian Michaels is confirmed right now, um, and that's the only one I've confirmed. Um, yeah, so send it. it should be a fun topic. Then the following week is Al Pacino. With Kirk, and then we're going to take on best acting performances with three of the four uh, people on the panel and Barr. Um, there's there's rivalries in this community that like stretches like the time and space. Um, Jeremy and Jake, I think that was like a classic one for a while. Um, some would say Stallion's concept, really good debate there. Coho uh, and Tim. If you've ever been on multiplex calls, a lot of fun when those two go at each other. But one that's like rising the ranks, Boatman versus Andrew James Barr. They're going to be on the show for 10 weeks and argued about movie taste, which is going to be hilarious. Uh, is Barr going to crack and pout in a corner? Is Boatman going to turn really red and flip out of his chair and break the chair? That's the dude. And there's actually going to be a new rivalry that shows up. It's me versus Jack Pinchuck in his list because, my God, <laughs> that list hurts. I think he was high when he made it. Um, overall, uh, they got 10 categories. They got to pick them. I uh, couldn't win the previous award. I told three of the people on call, I'll give them a blanket statement. They get a little bit of a pass. They could not pick anything on their top 100 acting performance list right now. So we don't double talk about it. Like, we don't talk about it. I also believe that the last week's episode of YLS is now on the channel. Yeah, it's back. Yeah. It's back. Uh, Tim did that for me. I appreciate you, Tim. Uh, Coho's computer apparently got stuck in, uh, you know, death. But uh, Tim was able to do it in 15 minutes. So um, appreciate that. Go check that out. It was a fun episode. Um, Again, Al Pacino with Kirk. Make sure you send him a list. I mean, if we don't, then we have to do another topic. Um, Okay. Uh, Jake's going to take it over. Jake, how are you doing? 
Yeah. Do you think you're yeah. going to win? Um, I don't know if I'm if I think I'm going to win, but I think this is one of my favorite lists that I've made up. To be honest, like it was so much fun to put it together, and I'm pretty much happy with every decision that I that I've made. Um, I also I've been sending you lists, uh, and code. Yeah. I've been sending lists. Yeah. Well, because I wanted to do movie posters, that sounded fun. I've been sending a couple, um, but everyone just doesn't want to do stuff, I guess. But I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I'll drive the way. Uh, this just in um, from the desk of my producer, uh, Caleb Coho. Uh, we don't have any other lists. We have Jack Pinchuk's list three times. Yeah, that's what it was. He kept making changes. So I, I, mean, have two, so I, have, I have movie characters with Brian, with Heist Team. So expect a DM for me if I think you'd be good for that episode. I'm going to see if Quailer, Quailer. I think Quailer would be really good for that episode and somebody else. Um, but I'll message you guys and see if you can do it. Okay, uh, Coho, 2000s Oscars. Yeah. You were still shitting in your pants at the start of this it's when true. the 2000s started. Um, but you've watched a lot of films from this time. I have seen a lot um, of films. Some would say you have a lot of old man takes from this. Uh, this I do uh, have a lot of old man takes of the 2000s. This is yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up some in a second. Uh, how do you think you're going to do? Uh, I think I'm going to do okay. Um, my list is very much constructed as avoiding movies that I personally am retiring uh, for myself where it's like I've talked about those to death so I wanted to talk about new things and then like you said I didn't include performances on my top 100 but I think this is a fun list I, I like what I constructed so okay Jack um, Scott Harvey sends them in earlier than everybody you send them for everything how do you think you're going to do tonight well I'm not winning that's for sure uh, that, that, that that's all I got for now uh no, uh, I'm I, I'm just excited to be on this again, and I think honestly, I'm gonna do slightly better now that I don't have performances from my top hundred on this list. I think I'll be a little better off because of that. Okay, um, and Bowman, I messaged you I think like three days ago and said, "Hey, are you busy Wednesday? I need you because I have nobody else." And you sent me a list. And then I told you you can't do any of these acting performances. You're like, "Well, now I have an inferior list." How are you going to do tonight? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I I'm I'm personally not super duper happy with my list because of the acting stuff. But like. Honestly, a list that I'm not happy with doesn't necessarily mean that Cody's not going to be happy with it because this we're we're still in the diverging timeline. It's not until before 1999 that Cody and I agree on movies. So who knows? It's true. Uh, will we talk about movies that we've talked to death already? Yes, we will. Well, this will be a fun time. But then there are some that made me question um, if I wanted to watch films anymore. We'll get there in a second. Uh, Ten nine eight. Seven through four, trade ones a piece at the top. Uh, try to keep it under three hours, everybody. Enjoy the ride, Jake. Take it away, 10, 9, 8. All right. <clears throat> Number 10, which is, of course, should we mention that the set 10 is as it is? Right? Yeah. You're doing so, right. Okay. I just yeah. want to make sure that everyone knew that yeah, we all had in the list, best original song and all that. Yes. Have. All so, the same ones from the 2010 the ones. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so number 10 was my best original song choice. I've picked May It Be uh, by Enya from Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, number nine, uh, best original score. I went with Thomas Newman's score for Road to Perdition. And number eight, I've gone with, with best adapted screenplay, uh, the Kaufman Brothers in Adaptation. 
Oh, I thought that was going to be yikes. But uh, Cody, quick question. Are we yikesing the movie or the pick? That's, I, I didn't get this clarified earlier. Uh, we're we're going to skip the – we're going to yikes the movie overall because of it's – Oh, then movie. yikes for me then. Okay. And yikes for the number 10. I also just noticed something. Jake Kevin in the exact same order. He didn't rank them over time, so we will. Uh, he'll have his in the direct order of how it is. That's, that's what I, I. That's what I asked. I messaged you. I put in the thing. And Did I you ask? Yes. Did you watch 2010s? No, I watched some of it. Yeah. And it was emotional. Damn it! Well, we're on the we're on the right. It's fine. You well, put them in the, well, like the, the exact order. You put like them in the exact same order, so it's not terrible. Well, you, can, you can talk about score anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what's right. about. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll keep it short. I love Thomas Newman. He's like one of my favorite film composers. I think this is one of his best uh, scores. I love how haunting and beautiful it is. Um, it's like follows in the same route as his score for American Beauty. I think it's a beautiful score, and it should have gotten him an Oscar. I like um, the guy who did Frida, um, Elliot Goldenthal, but I think this is a wonderful score. Yeah, man, score only at nine. What a weird choice. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> but, uh, what I will say is really good score. I agree with you. I, I don't have really any problems with that. Um, again, I don't think it's – with you being out of order, I don't really think it's going to affect much. Your pitcher stole your pitcher, and still, the, the stuff at the higher is like what the Oscars would do. So it's you're not missing much. Um, but, yes, uh, I think that's a really good score. Um I love the movie. It's in my top 100. I think there's a lot of things you could pick from it, but I think the score is one of those things that does stand out uh, automatically. Okay. Coho. Uh, uh, this will be fun. Uh, my number 10 is my pick for best original song, uh, and I chose Accidentally in Love from the movie Shrek 2. Yes! Exactly. This is going to be it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, see that happen. My number nine is the category of best supporting actress. I chose Kate Hudson for Almost Famous. Yikes. Actually, in my range, so we can talk about it. Okay. And my number eight. No, <laughs> my number eight is Best Actress, Kate Winslet, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, that is uh, my eight as well. <laughs> wow. Not an original bone in either one of these. <laughs> We're a parody of ourselves, Boatman. Um, All right. Taylor. So uh, my number nine, Kate Hudson, in Almost Famous, she's the performance from the movie that sticks with me the longest uh, and has stayed with me since I've seen the movie. Um, I think she provides a lot of, like, the emotional heart to it, in a way. Um, and and her, she has, like, a couple of the most standout scenes to me when she's talking with the main kid um, about Billy Crudup and then the hard scene at the end with Billy Crudup. Uh, so I think those two scenes really stand with me. Um, towards the end. But yeah, I love Kate Hudson in this one. I think she's fantastic. Uh, and then my number eight, Kate Winslet, Eternal Sunshine. Uh, um, Wait, do I not yeah. even talk about... You yeah. go back. Yeah, sorry, my bad. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I love Kate Hudson's introduction in this with the other Band-Aids. Uh, and I, I love the way she's able to just uh, probe the main character and be like, how old are you? 15. Or 18. Me too. Actually, I'm 17. Me too. Fourteen. The truth just sounds different. I love her delivery in that moment. I think that she is like she she has a really difficult job in this because she has to play like such a welcoming presence while also such like a distant presence. And I think that contrast in the same character is really fascinating. Love the character Penny Lane. Love Kate Hudson in this. Uh, okay, so then my number eight is Best Actress, Kate Winslet, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Um, 
it, I could have picked either this original screenplay, but at the end of the day, I think I like Winslet's performance most from this movie. It's my favorite aspect of the movie. Um, I like the sort of, I mean, the very manic performance from her. Um, this is where Winslet should have like won her first Oscar, like for sure. Uh, I think she's fantastic. Um, I think she provides a great contrast to Jim Carrey, who is so depressing and dour through the entire movie. Uh, and she's able to kind of give that light energy to it, that sort of hopeful spirit of the movie. Um, and yeah, I think she's terrific. Uh, yeah, I, I she's my favorite performance in this movie, favorite part of this movie. I think that I, I love her speech about how guys are always trying to change her and how men make her into this one thing and kind of be their escape. And I, I love her speech about that and the way she delivers it. In kind of a, almost a, a similar vibe to Kate Hudson in Almost Famous, where she you do have to really care about Clementine and and really appreciate her. Well, at the same time, there is this distance between her and Joel. And I think that is just so fascinating. And I think Winslet, this is this is one of her, her finest works as an actor actress. I think she is fantastic in this. Correct. I forgot about that. Explains why I didn't do it. What? I could have. I couldn't have picked Eternal Sunshine for original screenplay. Oh, okay. One. Um. Yeah. Got you. Um. Okay. Uh. Kate Hudson. I just love that you're like the kid. Like she's just talking to the kid. Uh. It's just funny to me how you just described the part. You think I remember Patrick Fugit's fucking character? No, I know, but it's it was really funny how you put. It. Um, He's the least interesting uh, part of the movie. Almost Famous is in my top 100. I absolutely love this movie. Um, there's a lot to stand out. I think Kay Hudson's one of the standouts. Um, best Supporting Actor of the Decade. I can't argue really against it. I think there are choices that you could have made, but I think that one's a really good choice uh, for Almost Famous. Um, yeah. Uh, this next one, I'll make it quick. I didn't watch it. Um, I there are some movies on some people's list. Uh, literally, it was an emotional draining day. I picked three to watch. I watched two of them, and I got to this one, and I was like, I don't know if this movie. And people tell me I'm not going to like this movie. Uh, and two, it was the other two literally just ruined my day, basically. So I just didn't want to watch it. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. But I hear she's great in it. I hear people that like it, but. Hey, guess what, everybody? You didn't get to hear Cody Shannon Eternal Sunset on Spotless Mind, which was probably going to happen. So, um, Jack. All right. Uh, my number 10 is my pick Logan. for best original. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, different decade. Go ahead. Continue. Oh, uh, my number 10 is my pick for best original song, and it's You Know My Name by Chris Cornell from Casino Royale. My number nine is my pick for best original score, and it's Hans Zimmer's score for Gladiator. Awesome. And my, and my pick for best actress is Uma Thurman from Kill Bill Volume 1. All right. You know my name. I love Chris Cornell. I, I, I love, I, well, I, 90s, uh, like 90s grunge music is like my favorite and you know you know my name uh is chris cornell just at his absolute best and i think it's one of the better uh bond themes uh in any 
any film, uh, like any Bond film. Uh, I think it's one of the best Bond songs. Uh, I think uh, his voice in the song is just perfect. And I'm really sad that it didn't win the Oscar that year uh, for original song, let alone get nominated. Um, best original score, Hans Zimmer for Gladiator. How did this not win best original score? This movie was like an Oscar like heavyweight, one best picture. It was fantastic. The score was incredible, but it didn't win. I can't remember what it lost to, but my good Hidden Dragon. Crouch Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay, this yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. But this score is just absolutely fantastic. You get uh, a lot, like, uh, in the opening battle sequence uh, of the film, you get, uh, you can hear, like, what will eventually become the Pirates theme from Pirates uh, of the Caribbean, which is really cool. But no, I, it, it, it's awesome. Uh, I love the score so much. It's truly an epic score. Uh, this movie came out first, Coho. So the Pirates theme came from this. And... <laughs> okay. Shut up, bitch! <laughs> okay. Whatever. Uh, Emotional, damn it! Okay. Uh, best Actress, Uma Thurman, uh, Kill Bill Volume 1. This movie's just great. I love uh, her performance as the bride in this movie. Just her, uh, her her quest of her quest for revenge on Bill uh, is just really uh, compelling and fun to watch. And she kills it at, as the bride, whose actual name I'm forgetting at the moment. But, yeah, uh, but no, uh, I think the oh. Shit, what's the scene? Uh, her, a, her in the crazy 88 scene is really fun to watch, but uh, it's when she's uh, when she goes back to uh, Japan to see uh, Bill's old uh, the person that made Bill's sword. I, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but no, her performance is fantastic. I think she's got some great, uh, some great moments uh, in that part of the film and it's just yeah it's a lot of fun and she kills it in the movie so yeah jack fucking learn this shit before you say it because we have two fucking know-it-alls that want to just jump in and say the answer yes yes you shut up bitch okay so this is crazy so every Every um, week, I create a um, oh fuck correct. correct one, and I didn't pay attention to Jacks at all because I looked at all the movies and I know that I've seen all of his movies, so I didn't have to like do extra work for it. So I basically cut cut him out. Um, and when I sent the list, I didn't look at any of the list that you guys already had, and you picked two of the ones that I put on my list as the correct list. So good choice. And now listening to this song from Bond, it might have been my actual Bond choice because I really love that song. So well done, Jack. You're killing it right now with your first three. Um, love this song. Overall, love the song from Bond. It's one of my favorite Bond opening songs. Um, I think I think with Craig Bond's opening songs, there's a lot of good ones to choose from. I think this is definitely one of those that I kind of go uh, – under the radar, but every time I watch it and the it kicks on, I'm like, this is so good. So good choice on that one. 
number nine, uh, Gladiator was my choice for score. I think it should have won. I think Gladiator is absolute. Uh, <laughs> delete the comment. Um, uh, but Gladiator, um, I played the emotional damage because you were killing Coho, and it was fantastic to see. I can't um, respond. It's his bottom three. Shut up, bitch. Um, oh, Gladiator, great choice. I, I still don't understand. I've watched Crouching Tiger. I think Gladiator is the better score. I'll stand by it. I think it should have won that. Um, so, great choice on that one. And then uh, eight is the my best actress for the thing is Uma Thurman in Kill Bill, Volume 1. I think she's absolutely incredible in this film. I think Kill Bill 1 and 2, I absolutely love that one film. Uh, the un, You know, that's the it's one movie. It's not two. Uh, she's great in both. So uh, great both in both parts. Uh, so yeah, great choice overall. You're killing it right now. Uh, basically, I would call it three up, three down. So great choice. Uh, go ahead. Oh, do you need to talk? Do you want Coho to say your list for what? Okay. Go My ten is Ben Stiller in Royal Tenenbaums for Best Supporting Actor. Uh, my nine. What's the same as Coho's nine? And my eight was the same as Coho's eight. And my ten, my ten is my own because Coho, you know, we're actually different because Coho doesn't like this movie because he's stupid. Uh, look, I I like this movie. Cody doesn't, and I'm gonna get crap for that. And that's cool. Um, but I I really like Ben Stiller. Uh, Chaz Tannenbaum is my favorite Tannenbaum for obvious reasons. Make the boatman joke. Ha ha ha. Anyway, uh, I love just. The contempt, Chaz, you can tell Chaz is, like, holding for his family. He feels a little resentment. Uh, and, and I love the catharsis with him and his father towards the end. I Ben Stiller is, like, one of those actors I just like in just about anything, uh, except for The Watch, apparently. Uh, but anything else, I'll, I'll take Ben Stiller in it. And I think this is his best performance. I think he is so good in this movie. Uh, he, I think he gets a lot of uh, emotional weight out of it. I, I really like him in this movie. I like whenever Ben Stiller does dramatic work. Frankly, I think I might like him more as a dramatic actor than I do as a comedic actor. Um, so this is a movie that I famously watched 45 minutes of and turned off. Um, I want to watch the rest of it. I finished it. Uh, 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 <laughs> I finished it. <laughs> I finished it. Movie's not great. Doesn't pick up any at the end. Didn't find any joy. I watched Bowman on screen for a little bit. Like, that was funny. Like, that was cool. Like, yeah, it was great to see him. But, um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Overall, I don't, I didn't really laugh. Uh, I just feel like there's a chance that you could correct Wes Anderson at one point, but this is like where he veers and he just continues down that weird fucking path and doesn't stop. Like, overall, like, you can just see all the aesthetic stuff that he just loves. I want to look at his house. I really do. I think the dude's a fucking weirdo, and I bet his house is even weirder. Like, I guarantee it. Like, he, he'll literally put, put the toilet paper in the wrong way, just like the, just to, because it's, it looks better coming out of the world. Like, he's a fucking Goomba. I don't like him at all. Can you imagine uh, if but, his house was, like, off kilter and not centered in every aspect of every room? I would try to go to Cody and Sunny. Oh, and yeah, everything's bright-ass colors just for the sake of bright-ass colors. Like um, uh, and I think if you're going to pick a Ben Stiller movie from the 2000s, I think, am I right? Um, yeah, Meet the Parents came out in 2000. Way I was going to say Dodgeball. 
Wow, you picked a terror. You you picked arguably the worst binster. You could have the only way you could have done worse if you picked duplex here. Good job. You're you're wrong on four different levels. That's awful. <laughs> Emotional, damn it. Okay, um, don't worry. You and Coho will sh- maybe share some other like common bonds in therapy later. Um, Jake, what's your seven? And everybody can talk about it now. And oh, yeah. I guarantee it's going to be. I think it's a screenplay. If I'm it is an original screenplay. <laughs> if I had known that you could put in this in a different list, that's I would how the show works. Much higher. The only Fuck time me. that's ever been the same that it hasn't been is next week for the first time ever. We're doing everything in the exact same order. No one can move into it. Okay. That's the only time well, it's ever been. Like this that. is actually going to help me out because there's a couple of choices that are lower that I think would have been dangerous. But my number seven best original screenplay. It's my second favorite film. Maybe my favorite film. We'll see. Uh, it's Donnie Darko. Uh, I, I at this point everyone knows how much I love this movie. I rewatching it again last night for my birthday was kind of amazing. I got to really pick up on like so much of the movie that I almost either forgotten about or just didn't really uh, understand. Um, there is just so much going on in this movie. It's about so much. And I really love scripts and stories that are so ambitious in what it's trying to tell. Cause it takes place in the eighties. There's this political overtone going on with Dukakis and Bush. There's sparkle motion, man. I love Donnie. He's such, he's one of my favorite characters. He's got so much great lines. The whole fear and love sequence is just amazing. Um, honestly, just coming up with an idea of a boy who sees a giant rabbit that tells him that the world's going to end is such an out there idea that it like it could crumble on its its own ambition. And honestly, I find it it meets that that road of just before it like tips over and then like coll- collapses. It's got it's so ambitious, and I love every detail that this movie has. Yeah, um, I managed you in a lot of matches, and I know you picked this as a movie for a lot, and I never watched it up until this point. Um, I watched it. What I will say is I didn't love it. I don't love the movie. But what I understand is I think the screenplay, I think the concept of the movie is, like, good. It just never, it was not my kind of movie. Like, I understand where it's, like, it grips you in different ways. It just was so, like, not a me movie. Um, mm. You know, I'm not a big fan of Giant Rabbit showing up and telling me anything ever. Um, so he wouldn't have put it seventh. He'd yeah. probably put it one. But I would have made it in the top three for sure. I'm yeah. honestly shocked it's not your best picture. Um, overall, not my not overall my favorite thing, but better than Royal Tenenbaums, which is kind of crazy because, you know, this movie doesn't try too hard, but Royal Tenenbaums does. Uh, everybody else in Donnie Darko. What did I do to you, Cody? Like Your comments last night about Elaine and uh, Licorice Pizza, is, is, we're in for war tonight. Okay, that's fair. No, that's fair. You anyway. teamed up with Payson. Wrong choice. That's fair. Uh, I can just play take it out on Payson. That's fine. Um, <laughs> here's the, I have a compli- I have complicated thoughts on Donnie Gurkha. Because on one hand, I really like a lot of individual moments in Donnie Darko. I think that this is a movie that is battling two halves. One half is really 
philosophical, but it has the weakness of sometimes getting a little bit up his own ass. And then the other half is very goofy and silly and trying to actually be like kind of a fun emo-y movie. But it gets a little too ridiculous when combined with the philosophical bullshit. And it's like, well, are we supposed to be like serious here? Are we, you know, are we Beth Grant talking about, I'm questioning your commitment to sparkle motion. Like, I, I totally get why it's a Jake movie because it's the most Jake movie ever, really. Because it's the combination of the utterly pretentious and the utterly like silly. Like that's that's just Jake's movie taste. If you remember the top one hundred, so I get it. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but the, I can't deny there are legitimately great things in it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, Die Narco's fine. Um, there's parts of that I like. Jake, you made me watch it like six times in a week. Shut that's true. Up. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fine. Um, I think, like, I like Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, if we're going to be honest, Jack's going to be like, oh, it's not that good because uh, Harvey did the Invisible Bunny talking to the dude first thing. Uh, so, fuck off. Uh, it's fine. Gyllenhaal's good. I actually really like Drew Barrymore in it a lot. Uh, and Jenna Malone, I think they're both really good. Um, yeah, I think the performances are all pretty much really solid. Um, there's, like, a very young Ashley Tisdale who shows up for a minute. So, you know, all in. Uh, but, yeah, it's good. That's a selling point. Well, it's fun when you're watching the movie back and you're going, "Oh, Ashley Tisdale's in this." What the Do fuck? not disrespect Sharpay Evans like you went Sharpay. I would have gone Maddie. Who the fuck, Sharpay? What? Sharpay is the character in high school. Oh, Maddie Fitzpatrick, if you prefer. Yeah, and from Sweet Life, yeah. Yes. Oh fuck, I'm retiring. You're on the list with people who grew up in the 2000s and watched those Disney shows. I. I don't have a problem with group. You just know them by first and last name from a yeah. child. That's terrifying. How about childhood? Man, oh, go outside. Uh, ask me about Esteban. I know him by all 18. Do you, do you know the first and last name of uh, the, six, the boys <laughs> world guy? I used to know him. Boy Meets World. What's his first and last name? Do you know? Eric Matthews? Okay, boom. Roasted. I didn't know Sharpay. His There's name is Eric Matthews. Between you and us. Just... Do you know Topanga? You know Topanga? Case closed. You just, you just said Topanga. Yes, Topanga. <laughs> you would have known Topanga. Because that name's... Oh, go kid. You like me, Todd? What the fuck? What is happening? Why don't you... Well, guess what? You know the difference? You want to know the big difference? Um, Boy Meets World, actual great show. Um, versus High School Musical, anything was terrible. Mr. Feeney was a pedophile. <laughs> you don't get a clip to bail you out. You have to sit in that range. What the fuck did you just say? Jesus Christ. That's quite a bit. Go to your six, Jake, and I guarantee I know who's losing this episode with the most outlandish comment. <laughs> But his final words crossed the country to follow Eric Matthews around. And Corey. He does not. He doesn't move, but he like transfers from middle school to high school to college, following them around. It's creepy. 
please what's your six number six number six best supporting actress um no, no, number six uh it's uh i think she should have become you know double oscar win whatever uh holly Hunter in 13. uh i love um it's a it's a very oscary sort of performance because she plays the mother of evan rachel wood who's starting to become sort of tempted by drugs sex and alcohol and you kind of just seeing her like kind of her fall as a character um and through the only sort of like light in her life is through her mum in holly hunter there is so much yelling in 13. Uh, this is a movie that i was like obsessed with when i was like 14 15 and wanting to watch just evan rachel wood stuff but this is just like a really really hard to watch film especially if you're like a parent because you relate so much to holly hunter's character and i think she's just so like raw and visceral in this sort of performance there's a lot and especially the last like 15 20 minutes is just like at points hard to watch so there's just, there's a revelation with evan rachel wood's character that like it's almost heartbreaking to watch through holly hunter um i think she's fantastic in this and uh, i would totally give her the oscar uh, when I spoke about earlier about movies that emotionally drained me, this was one of them. Um, I don't want to bring up another movie it kind of reminds me of because I think we'll talk about it later on the li- on somebody's list. Um, but it is just so. It was so hard to watch. Just because of out being a dad and having people in my life that dealt with substance abuse and like the entire like struggle between it and like I hated the child in this movie like and I understand why you're you're kind of supposed to hate the child but like you kind of understand why she's acting the way she's acting it was like a mixed bag at the end of it it was not a long movie at all but it felt like i finally got to exhale at the end of the movie like i was holding my breath the entire time there are parts that i wish that i practiced the two times speed method so i could get through this a little quicker i don't practice that method so i didn't i stuck through it i had the biggest problem because i watched this thinking you put her as actress you put her as supporting actress which is the correct choice i was like no she's not doing I can't really argue with you now watching it. I think she's absolutely, I don't know if she's best of the decade, but she's definitely one to consider. She's absolutely the rock. She, she like has moments that you just want to basically grab her and shake her and be like, can you please like stop? Um, and, but I think that's the brilliance of what Holly Hunter is able to do and achieve in this movie. So thought I would hate it. I hated parts of it. I don't think I will ever watch this movie again, but I'm kind of glad I did watch it. But yeah, this movie literally, there was a lot. Uh, now I watch this one first, then I watch another one later on Jake's same list that just I was just done oh, after I think that. I already know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so everybody else on Holly Hunter and 13. I haven't even heard of this movie until now. Easy enough. This Who's is the movie it? that gave us Twilight. Catherine right Hardwick. Yeah, yeah Catherine Hardwick. True. Without this, no Twilight. This just went significantly down on my watch list. It's, it's well, it's gonna... actually, with knowing what you've watched numerous times in a row, this might be more up your alley than you even know. Um, all right. Uh, what's your five? Oh, God. I'm so happy, guys. Number five. I'm really excited about this one. You know, Heath Ledger was the first to win an Oscar for a 
for, for a portrayal in a superhero movie. I don't think in my world that should have been the case. Someone earlier, 2003, gave one of the most fantastic performances I think I've ever seen in my life. I'm talking about motherfucker Nick Nolte in Ang Lee's Hulk. <laughs> this fucking guy, holy shit. Hulk, I love the movie. I'm a fucking defender for it. And I think Nick Dalty gives probably the greatest performance of his entire career. There's an entire rant that he has at Bruce Banner at the very end of the movie when he's telling him, if you give me your power, I can take over the world. And it's just like, it's trans, you're just transfixed by his, his, what he's saying. It's just incredible. And you also feel for the guy because he accidentally caused this accident and now he's trying it's you know the whole thing's about the sins of the father and nick nolte like really carries that there's a scene where he tells jennifer Connolly how he killed bruce's dead mom and it's so powerful and he's like the knife and her became one and it's just so like just mesmerized i'm just love this guy's performance no i didn't say that i didn't say that i'm just like well, very similar decade. you could have picked the foe i could have but i think this performance I just watched it recently and I was just like, I have to, you know, shout this performance out because um, I think it's fantastic. Uh, I love this movie and I love this performance. Uh, just watch the last like monologue that he has against Bruce with Bruce Banner when they like meet at the end before he turns to electric guy. It's just fantastic and I love it. It's great. So as you are a defender of Ang Lee's Hulk, I'm I'm not as vocal in this community, but when I was younger, I hated this movie. I think this movie is awful. Um, now, I won't talk ill will about my father, uh, Nick Nolte. I'm pretty sure he was my he is my dad um, at some point. Uh, when he yells, it makes me so happy. Um, overall, uh, what the fuck, Jake? It's just like this is like the most over the top thing ever. And you said so many so many outlandish things in there. Like you could have just said this, okay. You want to talk about crazy picks. It's crazy that Defoe is not the choice here for you. It's too obvious. I know, but overall and Nolte's that's, best I think, performance of his career. I it's up. But there. Nolte's best I mean, Warrior exists. I'm sorry. I would consider that. Like, I get that. It's two different But you're 100% right. He's trying to re... <laughs> Jake, I love you. Uh, yeah, this is crazy. Um, <laughs> Bowman almost flew out of his chair. Everybody else, uh, did you guys consider this when making your list for best? <laughs> I probably would consider it for worst of the decade. <laughs> Hulk's oh, terrible. Oh, Sorry, Hulk oh. is awful and Nolte in it is awful. Like This is not good. Listen. Jake, Jake, Jake. Oh, yes, Jack, yes. This movie's shit. I'm sorry. You're high. Like, this, this movie's This one's ahead of its time. This one's ahead of its time. Whoa. I think it's one Nolte. years behind its time. Spider-Man existed at this point. I, I will say, Nolte is, like, the only thing in this movie that isn't boring. Yes. So I kind of give it a pass because Nolte is entertaining. Which what? is surprising. Like if you pick Tommy Wiseau for best actor. Like it's a so yeah. bad, it's fun performance. But it's not a good performance. There's layers to this performance though. Wiseau is just a, a fraud. What layers? Layers of trash? <laughs> I mean, I think, it, I think it's different. It, it's so surprising that Nick Nolte is the, most, the biggest standout in a movie with a giant green Hulk that smashes things. 
and also isn't this the one with the dogs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dogs in town, and Nick Nolte used to stand up in that movie. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. There's layers to this performance. Layers like an onion, isn't it? Makes me cry (laughs) because it's so beautiful, so bad. Well, all, right. all I can say is we know who's getting last, and with this, there's no. I don't know. No, I'm getting last. I said about. I think I'm still. No, no, no. We know who's getting last. We know Jake's definitely not getting top two. So I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm I, it is I'm a competition happy. within the bottom two because somebody just took one of my favorite TV characters of all time and called him a pedophile. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's there's grounds for death on one end. But I don't yeah. think we'll ever recover. No, that's fair. It was worth it for the reaction, though. I'll. The fact that you didn't pick fucking Shaggy if you're going to oh, go for weird performances from you, you, dude. <laughs> Matthew no, Lillard. No, uh, and no, Matthew Lillard only has one Oscar-worthy performance and it's in the next screen. Yeah, it's Scream, 100%. Give him that. Um, I think he should have beat everybody that was nominated that year. Yes, I include <laughs> William H. Macy and Yes. yes. Cuba? yes. Go watch Scream. Go watch Scream. He's brilliant. No, he's great. Come on, he man. Edward Norton in Primal. Oh, he, he, he's fantastic. Come man. on, man. So good. Come real deep. Uh, what's your four? Uh, my number four is my best uh, best actress. Yeah, or an episode best actress. Uh, it's um, Alan Burstyn in Requiem for a Dream, uh, which I wasn't fully onto until I realized that I just think this performance is like, super oscar worthy like absolutely deserving i mean she had won already uh in the past but i think sarah goldfarb is such a tragic character and i think a huge part of that is just because of burson's performance there's a monologue that she has when she's talking to her son jared leto where she she just says like what have i got i've lost i've lost my husband you've moved out i've got nothing and it's just really tragic and it like she has such a, a reason behind why she's taking these weight loss pills. She wants to be famous. She wants to go on TV. Um, and just, it's not just a, an emotional performance. It's also a very physical performance because there's a lot that she had to do physically, especially when the uh, refrigerator is trying to eat her. That's just that whole sequence. It could have fell apart if, if it was another actor, a lesser actor. And I think Alan Burson is just phenomenal in the anxiety and the uh, sickness that she is uh, uh, showing. It's a, a truly a mesmerizing performance. Um, so I once had to uh, debate in a Cornholes League um, at one point um, what movie makes uh, is the best movie about drugs. I picked Requiem for a Dream without ever seeing the movie. Just Googled it. I said to watch it. And I watched this movie. I've never seen this movie again. It's been probably three years. And I can pretty much tell you scene for scene what happened. This movie has like been burned into my brain from watching it because it made me so uncomfortable to watch. Just because of like the, the downward spiral these characters go on and their need and their want. Like and I think she's absolutely incredible in this film. I think she absolutely is incredible. Uh, who won that year for 2001? Julia Roberts. Aaron Brockovich. Yeah, um, I I think I think I that movie. Aaron Brockovich is okay. I, bet. I don't think that movie's anything special. I've never understood the love for that movie, but 
yeah, she's absolutely incredible in this movie. I don't think this movie works as well if she's not in that role as a character. I understand the movie's not unpleasant to watch in any means. It has no rewatchability. Like, well, never mind. Uh, there's somebody on the panel that watched it a couple times. But for mo- normal people, you don't watch this movie no more. No. So, yeah, great choice. I don't know. It's not my best actress. I still give it to him with Thurman for me overall for the movies. But, um, yeah, you. That's a great, great choice. That's the one I'm thinking of. When 13 was like the oh, yeah. the Diet Coke version almost of this movie for me. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad take on it. It's just that one developed. This one incorporates so many more people involved in the mess versus that one's just like the sole thing. So, yeah, but great choice. Um, uh, everybody else on this movie. And Coho, Defender, why are you giving me a weird look on Aaron Brockridge? Cody, I will I, go No, I was, I was trying to figure out if that's okay. right. I think that's wrong. I think it's... No, like, so you have the release date for Rec Room for Dream Wrong oh, is what it is. It's 2000. It. It's 2000, not 2001. I will, I will shut the... So she didn't... Was, you know, it was right. I thought... I have the year wrong. That's my bad. Um, Cody, I'll go last, but check your messages in the meantime. I've never seen this movie. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never seen this one all the way through, actually. I've seen, like... I've seen the first half, and honestly, I just wasn't in the mood to get through through with it at the time. And then I've just never, I'll be honest, I've just never had a desire to return with it. Nothing against the movie. It's just, I can't imagine what kind of warped mind would be able to watch this movie five times or okay. six times or however many times you've watched it, Jack. Where where'd the people go? Uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm just waiting on, uh, on, uh, what I'm, uh, on Cody's response here, but in the meantime, meantime, I will say this is a, uh, this is a great movie. It's fantastic. And you can just be short about it. You don't have to go. Yeah. Yeah. Doing this much dialogue, everybody will realize what it means now, but yes, you can just talk. Okay. Yes. This movie's fantastic. I may or may not have had her on an early draft of this list, but this performance is incredible. I love it. Stay tuned for more. Okay. All right. Uh, take it away, Pirate Boy. Uh, so my number seven, uh, we're going back to the movie adaptation. I chose the uh, movie adaptation for Best Actor for Nicolas Cage. And I had it earlier for Adapted Screen. Um, I think that if I'm going to pick an aspect of adaptation, it's either the screenplay or the acting performance from Nicolas Cage. I think Nicolas Cage is the one I settled on, though, because I think he is he's doing something really incredible by playing two different parts. But wh- like one of these people is a real person. He's trying to emulate a real person and then create a completely fictional person to make both of them seem like equally realistic humans. Um, and I think he does a really great job at making them distinct while playing twins that aren't where one twin is. It's a really weird thing when you say it out loud, but like. It's kind of crazy what he was able to do um, throughout this movie. Make me like believable, uh, believe it, all of it, and feel emotional for someone who never actually lived while feeling connected to someone who is a real person. Um, I think Nicolas Cage is brilliant uh, in this movie, and it's probably the best of his career, if I'm being honest. Uh, yeah, so I had... Oh, sorry, did you... No, I didn't uh, have this. Sorry. I, um, so yeah, I had this adapted screenplay. Um, to be honest... When I was first making this list, I had Nick Cage as my winner for Best Actor, but I also wanted to put this for Adapted Screenplay, and I was like, I'm only going to pick one. I picked Adapted Screenplay. Um, I think what 
it's such an insane bonkers adaptation yeah. because it's it's essentially an original story and it's about the adaptation of The Orchid Thief by Susan Orlean. And I guess for some reason Kaufman was like, well, you know, what? I'm just going to make Susan Orlean and John LaRoche fictional characters or, you know, fictional in a sense uh, in the movie. It's just, it shows you how his mind works and how he, always, he never looks at, it's never a straight line for him. It's always some sort of direction and angle and the fact that he was like you know i can't i don't know how i'm gonna have to adapt this let me just put a fictional brother named uh, donald kaufman into this and the fact that he got nominated a fictional character got nominated is one of the greatest oscar trivia facts ever and it's awesome i love that that still stands uh today um i think it's a, a, a one-of-a-kind adaptation that's to be fair, another fictional person has been nominated, I think, 12 times now for Best Film Editing. So. Right. Really Roger James. Well, that's a small pseudonym. Pseudonym's a different. Fair. That's fair. But, yeah. God, fucking go outside. Um, March Madness is coming up, everybody. Go watch a tournament game, okay? Uh, get away from Oscars. Um, I talked about this last week. I'm not a Nicolas Cage fan. I honestly think he's terrible most times. Um. Uh, when he's being like Con Air, um, Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, National Treasure, kind of the Nick Cage I enjoy. When he tries to be funny or tries to be wacky, I hate him. This movie worked really well for me. I was surprised. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. I was told that Kaufman's not my director. And seeing some of this stuff already, I can tell you he's not. But this one actually worked really well. Uh, great story. Nick Cage over screenplay. I don't know what I'd give it to. Probably I said Nick Cage last, and I still probably stand by it. He probably deserved the Oscar for this, especially this over leaving Las Vegas. I'll tell you that much. Oh, and Adrian Brody does not deserve an Oscar in this fucking year. The pianist is not great, guys. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The pianist is he won it for the subject matter. He didn't win it for any performance rights. He got he he gets skinny. Uh, um, basically, is the reason. Uh, everybody else on this new uh, performance or screenplay or why I didn't make your list for anything? Didn't make my list because I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, no, this is a great performance. Love the dual performance. Great pick. Fantastic pick. Lovely pick. Oh, wait, just go? Or do, I, is, do I have a good pick as well? Is he a pedophile? <laughs> what? 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 Um, okay. Next one. Next one, Kyle. Uh, number six. Um, this is where I hope Polyama's watching. This is where I'm going to emphatically say I was wrong. Uh, and rewatched a movie recently, and good god, it's one of the best movies. It's, it's one of the most me movies that I can't believe I was wrong on. Best original screenplay I chose Michael Clayton. Um, oh. Michael Clayton is a terrific film. Uh, it is very. Uh, I use the word Sorkin esque in terms of dialogue. Nothing else. It's very dialogue heavy, which is why I love it. Um, the entire opening where it's essentially just one long monologue being intercut with the uh, visuals of like what we are like going to be teed up for the real start of the story, I think is great. I think George Clooney is outstanding in this movie. Um, he, he really steps into a part that is like very designed for him, but gives it something a little extra. I think it's super unfortunate that Tom Wilkinson and uh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman were it gave the performances they did in 2007 up against Javier Bardem because both of them deserve to win Oscars as well. Uh, but the script specifically on Michael Clayton, I think, is just really well constructed of like it feels like a true story, but it's completely fictional. It's the story uh, that, that gives you so much intrigue and uh, 
political espionage all the way through um, with like scenes where you're just like you feel for like Tom Wilkinson and for George Clooney um, and and even Tilda Swinton to an extent. Uh, you really like kind of I think she's like my least favorite performance that got nominated from the group, uh, but she's still like solid. Um, this movie's fantastic. And I was so, so wrong. I'm, you might have been so so right. I watched this movie. I don't know when I watched it last year. I think it was on another YLS. Yeah, it was last. It was almost a year to the date that I watched this movie. I was okay. I was fine. I didn't love it. I think what I'm realizing is that uh, Clooney is just one of those actors that really work for me. Um, when he shows, like he had, he has the charisma. And the star power to carry a movie that I don't really care that much about, or I don't really like. But he, like, he, I um, gravitated to what he does on screen because how he delivers stuff and how he, he's like, he has very Denzel like for me. Where even if the, the movie's not the greatest, I enjoy watching Denzel on screen. I enjoy watching Clooney on screen doing what he's doing. Uh, I thought this movie's good. I think Tom Wilkinson is by far the standout in this Absolutely. movie. I don't know if I remember much of the screenplay that stands out to be this good. When you text me this and said, "Hey, I need to change this," this I was wrong. I was like, "This is where the old man came in." I was like, "Okay, Michael Clayton, where we go?" It's, it just really um, worked for me. I was really, but surprised. I mean, I'm just glad it's part of your, you know, personality. Uh, Coho, um, he likes uh, beanies, uh, crowns. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Sorkin, and the Oscars. Like, if I had to put a dating profile, I like really like, fast paced dialogue. That's my thing. If it's at two times speed, everybody else on Michael Clayton. I here's the thing. I used to feel the way Coho did, or I do feel the way Coho did, and now I don't want to rewatch it because if I rewatch it and admit I was wrong, everyone's being like, "Yeah, you're just Gappy and Coho." Call all the same person. They're merging. Into this the is a very Boatman movie. They're merging into the same person, everybody. I'm an original person with cool takes, everybody. No, I'm sick of it. Sick of it. Hate it. Stop. Stop saying that. We're not. We are. Have you met us? We argue like cats or whatever things argue. Things that argue. We argue like that. Sorry. You should just watch Michael Clayton, buddy. Don't tell me what to do. Fuck you. I will. Um, I have seen this movie. This is a really good movie. Uh, it has been a while since I've last seen it, um, so I can't really recall how good the screenplay is. But yeah, it's an interesting choice. I've got to give props for it. I lean to the second one. The last one. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't seen Michael Clayton. It's on my watch list. I just haven't seen it. There's a lot on your watch list, isn't there, Jack? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I figured. Namely, the Lord of the Rings trilogy for the 80th time. Um, extended edition. Extended edition. And oh, extended edition is the best edition. Like, oh, my God. Okay. I mean, you're not wrong. Um, Thank you. I mean, if you like them, more of it's never going to be the problem. Uh, that's always my stance on it. And don't even talk, Mr. BVS and Watchmen. Like, oh, oh, DC, give me me the dick. Give me DC dick. Put it in my mouth. That's literally what you do every time. Dirty whore. You're a DC slut. What's your name? I don't like steel, though. Okay. Uh, Or Catwoman. I don't think the Watchmen is good. Stop saying I'm co host. You know, you're number five. Number five is my choice for best picture. And I chose sideways. Um, 
So it came down to what? It came down to there were three movies that I considered for best picture that were movies that I really, really love. They're all sort of similar vein aesthetics. Um, and I retired Little Miss Sunshine because uh, I feel like I've talked about that one enough. Um, and then I uh, picked a, the other movie for a different category because I think that specific aspect is my favorite uh, piece of that movie over picture. So Sideways uh, is a movie that I really love. Uh, it's it's a couple watches in, I think, all around the way the movie tells the story about two very different people who are friends and the, this trip they go on and the relationships they make along the way. Um, I really, I really like the dynamic between Thomas A. and Church and Paul Giamatti. Alexander Payne's a director that I just have really like loved. I like really like Alexander Payne's filmography. The more I get into it, um, he's quickly becoming one of my favorite directors. Um, and I think this is his best movie. Um, the two thousands were a really like you know good decade for him. I guess you know and into the twenty tens with the exception of one. But uh, he's he's fantastic at what he does, and I think Sideways is the epitome of him. Firing at all cylinders as a writer and as a director, uh, with the best performances from I think everyone involved, uh, potentially. So yeah. Um. Okay, so I watched Sideways in twenty nineteen. It was one of my first ones that I was getting involved in Letterbox. Um. This movie just. I had it at four stars, and I dropped a full star on rewatch. It dropped a full star about, and I don't know if it's a different point in life, but how fucking old this movie made me feel. Like, this is like an old fart. Like, you you and Bowman liking this makes perfect sense to me now. Like, it didn't for a while. It does now. It's just like, what I hate, I, I will be I'll the first to... Thomas Hayden, I hate him as an actor. He is one of my least favorite people. No, that, that's completely valid. This is like the only time he's been like good. Like, he he's pissed me off since George of the Jungle, okay? Like, as a kid. Hated him then, it's carried through. I don't think he's a good actor. I don't think he has, like, great acting chops at all. Um, Paul Giamatti is good. But when it boils down to it, I don't fucking care about wine to at any degree. And to f- find Paul Giamatti gushing over wine this entire time, like, I get it. And, like, he develops the relationships, and it's fine. He's very he's very charismatic, so you, you gravitate a little bit. But then Thomas Hayden Church throws his stupid voice in there. And, like, it's just i did not like this movie on rewatch i don't know maybe i was in a really good mood and i was in a bad mood but i don't know but i'm not a fan of this movie picture are you high of all the movies in all the land and of all the years and you're gonna give it to sideways could you imagine yeah. can we all sit here i also have to play the game of picking Shh. categories shut your mouth okay we're sitting at the the ceremony for the decade and they don't have nominees. They just put every movie in there. And you hear, best picture, sideways. I guarantee you hear fucking crickets. I'd be happy. The fuck? No, yeah, because you're an old fart. No way. Best picture, I'm glad you put it at five. But still, bad choice. Bad choice overall. And who's the director? Alexander Payne. Yeah, I'm not a fan of him. Everybody knows. I'm not, I don't think he's... What other movies has he done? He did The Descendants, right? Descendants, Nebraska, Bouchmit, election. election. Um, you like Nebraska? You like Nebraska? 
Nebraska. Because, yeah, but from the Midwest. Yeah, you like Did you like uh, Right. If you would have came out with a movie called Oregon, I don't know if I'd relate as much to it. But you came out with Nebraska, and I've been there. Like it's very, it's it's very our demographic, and it's where we live. It's geographic. A lot of his movies are the our demographic. Sideways is the most not our demographic thing. Yeah, it makes me never want to go to wine country. If I had to sit next to somebody that sniffed their wine and like shoved up their nose, I'm not drinking any fucking marijuana. Well, yeah, I feel like that's Boatman. I'm not going to. I'm not going to Red Robin. Um, everybody else. Yes, he is very. He is very kid takes, but he's becoming. He's becoming an old fart on some of his movie choices. It's weird. Everybody else on Sideways. Go ahead, Bowman. Or is that Coho? I can't see you. Oh, it's Bowman. Go ahead. What? Wait, no, it was Bowman picked this, right? This is a very Caleb Bowman choice. That's a very Not Bowman a choice Coho two years choice. ago in this community. It would have been. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still a Boltman choice. It's just not for picture. I look, it, look I, there's a different thing I would have put this in. I didn't do that because reasons, you know? You also um, didn't put this on at all, so you didn't give it any Oscar from the decade. Because I couldn't put it in the Oscar I would have given it. But you that's okay. okay. It, it, it screenplay, which is and weird. it won adapted screenplay, which I would have given it had yeah. it. But not. you wouldn't have given it any other. That's weird. The movie's not that good then, apparently. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm, 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 and Wireless needs an HR representative. I need, I need to talk to them because Cody, Cody is making me feel uh, unwanted. Hello, how can I help you? Here, call this number if you've been treated wrongly by uh, by Cody Newberry or Caleb Coho at any point in time. Look, I. I love this movie. I don't like wine. I don't care about wine. I like see because for me, I think wine is what Miles is passionate about, and you see that he throws everything into wine. I think you can replace this is a movie that's about wine, but it's not about wine. It's about something that is not your job that you throw your passion into because it's an escape. Wine represents an escape for Miles, and. I think that is, I love the dynamic between Miles and Jack, you know, where you have Miles who is the, the, the more cautious one, the one who doesn't put all his chips out there. And, you know, he makes some right decisions and he makes some wrong decisions. And Jack is the total opposite. He puts everything out there and it goes to the point where he hurts people and is sometimes a douchebag, but also he lives more life than Miles. And that, kind of dynamic where they're both right and they're both wrong, I think is really fascinating. Uh, I I love the scene where Jumai is like, I'm so insignificant, I can't even kill myself. And <laughs> Thomas Hayden Church is like, what the fuck, man? And, and that's a great little moment. And then he's like, I'm a piece of excrement floating on a napkin down the river. It's like, you know, that's really good. You know, you are a great writer. I don't think I wrote that. I think I stole that. <laughs> like, I love those moments. I love this movie. If you don't love it, that's cool. Um, you know, I'm going to get bullied because I'm I'm turning into Koho. You know, he, I like this movie before Koho did. This, this, is, this one no. is turning into Boatman. What I will say, no, th so this is, I will defend this all. If anybody is merging into anybody, 
Bowman is the original, Coho is the cop. Are you, that's what I will say. Are you familiar with the Bridget Fonda Jen, Jen, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee movie, Single White Female? This is that's what I was gonna reference, honestly. No. Uh, so Jennifer Jason Lee uh, befriends Bridget Fonda and then slowly starts turning into her, like m- like making herself more like her, and then she tries to kill Bridget Fonda. And I think that's what's stop going spoiling on. the ending of this friendship moment. Well, I saw where it was going pretty quick. Um, I I love this movie. I think it's great. Um, I don't know if I would give it this picture. I mean, it was some good movies of the 2000s, so this one, making the choice is interesting. Um, yeah, I work at a liquor store, so I, I kind of relate to you know alcohol-themed sort of movies and that sort of stuff, and I sell wine all the time, so it's great to, to try and convince people not to buy a Merlot when they can just buy a cab set or or something but um yeah no this is fun i really like the relationship of um of giamatti and, and church i think he, this is his best performance easily i mean i'm not even a big fan of i'm not even the, like a really big fan of his performance same man in spider-man 3 but um i think that this is yeah a really fantastic movie that i think is great but best picture i'll take him over i'll take him in sandman as sandman over this movie oh, okay. um i'll take him in sandman in no way home over this movie <laughs> yeah, don't know. Don't, Again, you're not allowed to come to the Toby camp and take Toby's. No, so you hate those movies. Those are your takes. Stay in the way. I don't, I don't the people that love Toby, we don't want you here. Um, That's fine. Uh, can join him. <laughs> you'd still gush if he showed up in the in another movie. Uh, what's your uh, What's your next one? Oh, yeah, My number four is best director. Um. I I chose to go with a different pick for this specific guy because I retired the other one, but I think he had a great decade. I chose Christopher Nolan for the prestige. Um, I think Christopher Nolan had a great decade in the 2000s between Batman Begins the Dark Knight, the prestige, Insomnia, and even Memento, which I think is my least favorite of that run. Um, I think the prestige is maybe is his is maybe one of the best jobs I've seen him do as a director. And it's one of the last great times he's done as a director. Um, the way he's able to balance different time periods and perspectives from characters flawlessly and make this giant moving magic trick work to the point where every time you watch it, you're still kind of confounded at how it worked, but you're finding new pieces every time. I think the way Nolan puts this narrative together is really impressive. And also just visually, I think this movie is his most underrated visual movie. Um, I think it's like shot really well by Wally Pfister with the old time like production design and costumes and like just the opening shot of all the different hats just laying on the floor, like on the, on the ground in the forest, sort of setting up what we are uh, like setting up the prestige. Uh, I think it's kind of great. I think Nolan is ba- is 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 wearing a lot of hats and balancing a lot of uh, uh, a lot of things in the air on this one, and uh, he lands the whole thing for me. So I think I think this is his best decade. I picked this one instead of the other one because I retired it. So yeah. So the Prestige. Um, this is a community favorite. It's not a personal my favorite. I don't love it as everybody, but I was always I was very late to the show on this one. I didn't watch it when I didn't watch it in 06. I watched it like last three years for the first time. Um, one of the worst things I ever did in this community was lie about seeing all the Nolan movies or any of them, and then I watched them and 
It's fine. I don't know if I give him director with everybody else in this category. I understand why. That's not a bad film by any means. Um, <laughs> I think Jackman's fine in it. I think I think there, there's a lot of stuff that you like enjoy in this film. Um, is it his best work of the decade? I don't know. That's tough. That's really tough. I actually like one of I like one movie. Well, no. Movie that came out a year prior. That's the movie I'd go with. That's um, fair. I get it. That's fair. Um, but, um, and again, there's one from 2008, but I appreciate you not talking about that movie anymore. I mean, that would uh, be the pick right here, but. Correct. Um, everybody else on uh, Prestige Nolan, uh, would this would this be the Oscar you'd give Nolan for of his work? Or what? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no. He, I did like, give him best director this year. Like, this movie's incredible it's my number five of all time uh nolan is the this is the movie nolan should win his oscar for that or inception but uh this movie's absolutely incredible from uh he grabs your attention from frame one with the hats on the uh, ground in the forest and doesn't let go of your attention until the end of the film and my goodness, there's so many things about this movie I want to talk about, but let's go to the next person. Um, uh, yeah. I, oh, go I ahead. Gonna, um, I was going to say, I would have absolutely given him the nod. Uh, I don't think if he would have won. It's hard because it's just because as his year, and if he didn't have this year, then he wouldn't have an Oscar, and I feel like you know, well, he should have like four Oscars. He, he should have four, and I think The Departed is a, a good win for him. I'm not saying great. But I do think it's a really good win for him, you know. Um, but I think Nolan's direction is like fantastic. I like the prestige a lot. Um, I'm also with Cody. I hadn't seen this movie. This is like one of the last Nolan movies I had seen uh, a few years ago. I finally watched it. I was like, yeah, it's exactly why everyone you can tell why everyone loves this movie. And the fact that Nolan is the magician and he's playing the magic trick with the structure of this movie and how you find out information later on is fantastic. So I totally get. I, I can see this for sure. Um, just I wouldn't personally pick him to win. Just real quick, you're doing so well. Why take the unnecessary jab at the Departed? Why, why are we doing this? I'm I'm saying that I would have given him the win over Nolan, but it's because that's a legacy me? win for him. It's a legacy. It's a, he deserves. That's it. what I mean. So I said it in a more harsh way. I meant more. It's a legacy okay. win for him. So I get. Okay. Sorry, just wanted to make sure I didn't have oh, to yeah, drop yeah. you any lower on the charge. Go ahead, yeah. boom. You gonna say something about Scorsese? No, I I was just gonna say it's a weird thing where I think if we're talking picture, I actually would go Prestige over Dark Knight. But if we're talking director, I would go Dark Knight over Prestige. I I think that from a directorial standpoint, I I go uh, Dark Knight. But I love I love the Prestige. Uh, Prestige, my second favorite Nolan movie. Uh, but they're like right close on my top 100. They're they're like next to each other, right next to each other. Um, but I I really love this movie. This is another movie that kind of has a similar dynamic to Sideways in some aspects. Of you've got the the one character of Borden who is very much the more analytical uh, magician who's very much about the technical aspects of the trick and making the the perfect trick. But he doesn't have the showmanship, right? Whereas the whereas uh, you know uh, Angier is the exact opposite. 
he doesn't really have the technical mastery uh, of the trick down, but he has the showmanship. He's a better showman than Borden is. And I, I think that's a really fascinating dynamic. I love any time a movie has that dynamic. That's like one of my favorite tropes in movies is that dynamic. And that's, I, I love this movie. Every time I talk about it, I want to rewatch it because I, I love this one. This just in prestige better than Sideways, confirmed by Caleb Bowman. Thank you. And that's not what I said. But fair. That's what she said. Mm, no, it isn't. Pretty much what you said. Prestige is broadcast news, but with magic. Directionally, directionally correct. What the fuck? <laughs> well, Albert hey, Todd? Broke. What the fuck? Albert well, Gordon and William Hurt is in here. Oh, that's well, the case. Prestige is better. He's it. I will drive to Minnesota, cut off your toes, and feed them to Abby Coho's parrot, ferret. She's no ferret. I'm my ferret, yeah, the and the ferret, ferret loves me. So, uh, who's next? Uh, that'd be me. The the people are um, like, the, the twins are fighting. Um, what's the next one? Who's up? I don't even know where we're at. Jack, uh, my seven. Okay, Jack, go. Uh, my seven is best actor, and it's Eric Bana for Munich. It's gonna be home for a second. Not in your fucking life. Uh, no, th this movie's incredible. One of Spielberg's most underrated, uh, for sure. Uh, but the the best part, the best aspect of this movie is Eric Bana and his leading performance. Just, I, uh, I, uh, the sheer paranoia that uh he he's suffering uh towards the end of the film is so hard to watch but like you but uh but you just can't look away from it uh he gives a great a great subtle performance in this uh and i think uh he honestly should have been up for the what was he nominated for the oscar that year no i i don't yeah no he should have been though like easily i would have pick them to win but no he's he's incredible in this um with the effect of um well hopefully not mike wow uh, mike canley watching this i'm not gonna say anything negative i'm not absolutely in love with the movie i think it's a good movie i think there's good moments it's basically kind of like what scott said the other day about rocket man not every like event needs to be a movie like almost and this is like one of those that i felt like during this i just didn't like love every parts of it i think there's some slow parts munich i i think eric man is good in it i think i don't know if he stands above everything else but i understand why you had to make some like sacrifices down the line so but overall not a bad choice everybody else on eric man in munich i have the same unit I like Munich. I think it's well made. I wouldn't say Banna's performance is the standout from it by any means. Um, and I would definitely not put him in this position. I don't think he's like in the top five of his own year, so I can't really put him as the best of the decade. So for me, really the only performance in Munich that like stands out for me is Daniel Craig. I think it's weird. Daniel Craig is like very comfortable in, in like 70s style that it, it works. Uh, I, I don't know why, but it just it just really works. I think Eric Bana is completely serviceable, but if I'm being completely honest, Eric Bana is an actor who has never really impressed me. Like he's always been he's never been bad. He's never been great in my opinion. He's always been consistently I'd say he's been bad in one thing. 
What? What is he? I'd bad? say he's been bad in one thing. What thing? Hulk. Hulk. <laughs> oh, see, I don't even think he's bad. In, I think he's completely fine. I think he is. I think there's he, worst parts of that movie. He's a straight like six out of ten actor every time, in my opinion. Um. Yeah. What's your six? All right. My six is Best Supporting Actress, and it's Rachel McAdams for Mean Girls. This is a hell of a time, and honestly, one of my favorite uh, like experiences in the theater, but uh, because the moment, if you haven't seen Mean Girls, I guess you can mute. If uh, The moment when she uh, tears uh, the uh, picture of her and uh, Lindsay Lohan's character and puts her own picture in the burn book i in the theater i yelled out holy shit and it was it uh i don't know why but it was great and uh no it was a good time uh no but her performance in this is just so perfectly high school uh like the perfect high school mean girl like uh i know people <laughs> well everyone knows people from high school that are Regina George, but uh, just uh, Rachel McAdams just plays it absolutely perfectly, and she is just so funny in this movie. Anyway, Cody. I mean, I watch Mean Girls every October 3rd. Um, uh, me and my wife, it's me and my wife's favorite movie together. Even the first time I watched it, Jack, uh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna ask you something for the general public. Don't ever go back to the fucking theaters again. If you stand, if that's the part that made you scream, holy shit, I would have beat the hell out of you in the theater. <laughs> I would have, I would have literally got up and went over there and beat the hell out of you. Here's um, the thing: the theater was empty, so I didn't care. It doesn't matter. Why is that the moment that there's a whole? It's whatever. Mean Girls, I think, is... Um, Maybe it's a company as well. Mean Girls is a special, special movie for me. Um, I think Rachel McAdams is absolutely an incredible actress. I don't think she gets um, enough praise for how good I think she is. I don't think she picks always the right movies for her. Um, for herself, I would like her to do something like really like... I don't know, something that more challenging, I guess. And she always gets thrown in the rom-coms with a girl that's next to the star, blah, blah, blah. I watched her in Midnight in Paris just recently. I think she's really, really good in that movie. Um, but it's still not, like, thing. But Mean Girls, she's absolutely incredible as Regina George, one of the all-time villains. Um, she, um, that entire movie just works. There's a lot of characters you can pick, honestly, from that um cast but i think regina george is the pick um everybody else um i don't know what the fuck from spence is but we'll find out a well, everybody else on regina george no this, this is a very talented comedic performance i think uh Ra rachel mcadams is so funny in this movie regina george is one of those iconic characters for a reason she is so funny uh and so horrible uh, I, I like. I just think little deliveries will always stick with me. Like, so you agree? You think you're really pretty, or you know, just just little things like that. You know, I mean, R Regina George gets some of the best lines in the movie, and it's one of the most quotable movies ever made, in my opinion. Uh, 
No, it, it's a fantastic... Like, comedy villains generally kind of suck, if we're being honest. Like, a lot of comedy villains, the whole point is, oh, they're the ones who are no fun. Like, there's no joke. They're just a jerk. They're just whatever. They don't actually have anything funny to do or say. They're just there to be the fuddy-duddy. And this is a comedic villain who absolutely steals the show because she's the funniest thing in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I was waiting for someone to go. I was, um, yeah, I think this is a great performance. Uh, I like Rachel McAdams. I think this... It's crazy, like, the age gap that she has. So she's, I think she's, like, in her late 20s and she's playing a high school student and it, like... It's a performance that I just, I'm not thinking, oh, this is an adult playing a teenager. This feels like a teenager. I think a part of that is just how Rachel McAdams plays the character. It is like comical in the sense that it's very much a uh, a character, um, but it is a fantastic performance. Yeah, I can't deny. Yeah, I think she's good. Um, I would have nominated her in 2004, but I would not put her up for best of the decade. To address Spence's comment, uh... I had to make sacrifices, Spence, so there. But no, uh, she's still great. Anyway, uh, my next pick is for Best Adapted Screenplay. It's Zodiac. That's textbook pandering. Well, sue me. This, this is, if, I, if I have uh, the, same, or the same picks as the person that hosts this show, then, I, then I'm happy. Because uh, it's a good movie, and the screenplay is fantastic. I love this screenplay. I love how it basically uh, James Vandervelt and uh, David Fincher basically just tried to solve uh, the Zodiac killer themselves, and uh, it's and you can see that in in the in the screenplay of the film. But like you've got brilliant moments of tension, uh, the basement scene uh, that are just so great in this movie and uh i i do uh i i do tend to like uh procedurals weirdly enough uh so there uh so this fits the bill right there and uh yeah some great performances but the screenplay is the thing that i think stands out most from this film oh man what a terrible, terrible pick on this. Uh, uh, I mean, I'll tip the hat. Uh, this is the picture, I would say. Um, best picture of the decade. I think I think Zodiac's absolutely incredible. I think this is one of those movies that tr- blends like true crime and just um, True Crime with Fincher, and I, I uh, it's a problem broken record at this point, but Fincher is the, probably the most, like, I think making films for him is boring because uh, he's so good at what he does and what he's able to achieve. Um, I think there's only one movie that I've ever walked, like two movies of his that I've ever just like, oh, God, not my cup of tea. I haven't watched Mank. I haven't seen Mank. People, I have not. But overall, um, he is just, um, he is so, so good. Um, and this movie is the script that works. It's a long movie, but it works. Every character is firing on all cylinders. And I think the reason they're firing is because of what he's able to do with the the script and what they're able to uh, play off those. Uh, Yeah. I absolutely love this. Um, 
it's like after I watch this and like prisoners and stuff like that, I like to like just like I have a problem or something wrong with me inside, but like overall there's something about those movies that just really work. Zodiac, great, great choice. Uh we yikes on the movie and yet no one said yikes for Zodiac, so why does everybody else suck? Um, Zodiac is a movie that I, I think is terrific. I love it. So my top one hundred. It's just one that I've seen maybe three times. It's really heavy to go back to. So there's other movies that I've seen more that I have more attachment to in specific areas um, for this list. But uh, I definitely considered Zodiac for like three categories. Um, and then one out with something else. Great movie, great place. Uh, it should have should have been nominated for at least one Oscar. <laughs> like, come on. Zodiac was very close to making director for me. Uh, I really, I don't know if screenplay was ever really in consideration, but that's fair. But I think just the way this, I, the things I remember is like the way this movie looks and like visual, like this is just a technical masterpiece of a film. Uh, that that scene, that scene where Hall goes down into the basement. Come on, come on. Just, Great. So creepy, perfect building of tension, absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, this is a great movie. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, it's been so long ago that I didn't even know this was directed by Fincher when I watched it at the time, and I like knew who he was. Uh, just starting to like know who Fincher was as a filmmaker, and this is a fantastic movie. It's kind of it's the the, the starting point for his um, OCD. Let's do a hundred takes thanks to the digital filmmaking that's, that kind of boomed in the mid-2000s. Um, I think it's great. Um, I'd have to rewatch just to familiarize myself with the screenplay. Yeah. Uh, one more thing I just want to say is the scene where they uh, they have the interrogation at the, uh, uh, at Lee, I think it's Lee, uh, whatever his name is, Lee's work. And uh, the, little, the little details in in that scene, the watch, the boots, uh, just perfect building of tension that scene. And then when he says, I'm not the Zodiac, and even if I was, I wouldn't tell you, or something like that, chills, like, down my spine. Fantastic scene, and that, it's fantastic. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, my four is Best Supporting Actor, and it's Tommy Lee Jones for No Country for Old Men. This movie is just kind of incredible. Uh, it's currently my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Uh, I haven't seen as many of theirs as I would have liked, but this is my current favorite. And it's just, and Tommy Lee Jones in this is perfect. Absolutely perfect. Like, yes, Bardem obviously deserved the Oscar that year. And he won it rightfully so, but I couldn't pick him for this. So, but just right there with him is Tommy Lee Jones in, uh, in, in this movie. And, uh, and the scene that proves it for me is gotta be, uh, the final, uh, monologue, uh, where he's talking about the two dreams he, uh, two dreams he had. And, and then he, and then I woke up and it cuts to black and, uh, Tommy Lee Jones' performance in that scene and the entire film is just fantastic. Just perfect. I've been on the record for this movie. I think this movie is good, not great. 
Um, I don't love it as much as Coho. I think it's. I think there are great performances. Do I think Harvey Birdem is really good? Yes. But do I ever gravitate and hook into the story as much as I want to? No. Well, listen, if you're given the Oscar sporting actor for Tommy Lee Jones' movie, that's fine. I don't understand personally because I think Tommy Lee Jones has been playing grumpy old Tommy Lee Jones from like the 2000s on. I don't think he has done anything groundbreaking or change, like mind blowing with his performances. He just, he's old. He doesn't give a fuck. You clearly can tell. And that's just who he is as a person. So I think overall, does he do a good job of playing himself? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if I'd give it for the decade. There's what there's two performances from this movie that you can consider. And I don't think Tom Lee Jones is one of them. Um, Everybody else on Tommy Lee Jones in the country development. I'll back Jack up emphatically. I think he's phenomenal in this. Um, I think he. Uh, I think my favorite scene is he, he has no, he, no line of dialogue. He just goes back to the scene of the death of, you know, uh, and just it intercuts with you think Anton Sugar might be in there, uh, and he's literally at death's door potentially, and he chooses to go in anyway. I think that's a great physical performance from Tommy Lee Jones anyway uh, in that scene. I think he Lock gives, it up. Give him the Oscar. He decided to open the door. Well, I think like the whole, I think he's doing a lot of act, great acting without saying a word throughout the entire movie. Um, I wouldn't give it... I wouldn't pick him for the decade, but I think it's a great shout. Uh, I would have nominated him for Sporting Actor that year alongside Bardem. Um, I also just do want to shout out. He got nominated for Best Actor that year for a terrible in movie the Valley called Valley V-Law, and he is quite good in that. Um, yeah, uh, he he he's good in this. I like his ending monologue. I like that monologue a lot. But I'll be honest, like even just for the year of 07, he doesn't make my five for supporting actor. I think there's a lot better performances that year that would uh Paul Dano, Downey Jr. in Zodiac is better. I, I include him as well. Um Philip Seymour Hoffman and you know what? Christian Brett Bale, and I'm not there. Not over this. Well, uh, not the okay. one for that. Okay. Um, I was gonna. Say, <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, I love this performance. I think it's great. It's understated. It's perfect for the movie. Uh, but it's not the best of the decade. It's not the best of the year. It's not even the best of the movie. And, and uh, Javier Bardem. Like this is a clear cut, definitive. This guy absolutely deserved to have won that year. I don't know why we would come up with another nomination. I know, but like, I just wouldn't pick anything for this category for that year. I agree. Because it was just a clear, it's a clear number one choice. Um, but That's I fair. mean, respect, but I just think you can't be the happy about it. Hey, yeah. hey Bowman, Coho disagreed with you. So later in programming, make sure you wipe that out so he's more in line with you. Um, <laughs> next one. Are right, you up to Bowman? Yeah. yeah Bowman. Bowman. Yep. Now we're at me. Wow. You put in four? You put Tommy Lee Jones at four? That's the part where I have a big issue. Bro. Uh, my Bro. seven is best actor, and I have Leonardo DiCaprio for The Aviator. Hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I think this is a real... I One of my favorite like types of performances is like the transformation performance, right? Where the character starts off one way towards the beginning and slowly goes more to another way as the film goes on and you see Howard Hughes start off as you know confident and cocky and then by the end he's just a broken human being 
Like he is just completely controlled by his OCD, completely just haunted by it. And it really like towards the end of this movie, DiCaprio does some of his best work. He's, he's absolutely phenomenal in this. Uh, but I also love just the earlier stuff with him just being absolutely like cocky as shit being like, I, I know what's up. And I love, I love this scene where, uh, they're he's talking about how he's producing a movie and the board is like, you're showing way too uh, much of this actress's breasts. And he literally pulls up other films that they had approved. I uh, like, Say and like measures and basically scientifically proves that it's okay to show that much uh, cleavage in the movie. Wow, Boatman cleavage approved. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Leo's great. Um, in the aviator, I think aviator is one of uh, Scorsese's most underrated movies. Uh, when you think about overall his uh, filmography, um, it's just. I think he's at. I think, I think this movie doesn't work as well if it wasn't for him and Blanchett and uh, right Blanchett, right? Yeah. In this movie, I don't think they work. It works as well, um, but I think Leo's firing on all cylinders. Um, and this is kind of like where I was turning my opinion of Leo around because like younger Leo annoyed me more times than not, and then I thought he was okay in gangs, but then. He really took his stride in this and then departed. So, we're not going to disagree you want to give him an Oscar because Van should have more than what he has right now. But um, overall, uh, yeah, great choice over that. I don't know if it's the best. Yeah. I have somebody that's better, and I can't wait to give my correct list because I don't think it's on anybody else's list. But um, overall, uh, yeah, not a terrible choice. Everybody else on uh, Leo and Aviator. This would not be my Leo pick for the decade. I think he's good. Um, I think he's giving like a really good performance across many scenes, but I don't. I'm I'm kind of with Cody. I don't think he's uh, at a hundred percent through the whole movie for me. Um, I like I like Blanchett a lot more in this, and obviously you couldn't pick her. Um, but uh, I would have picked him in The Departed personally. I think that's his best performance of the decade. I personally think this is Leo's best performance of the decade. Um, yeah, this is kind of like when he became like that seriously, like dedicated Oscar contender as an actor. Like this is when he started to really start playing like transformative performances. And I think he's fantastic, Howard Hughes. I really love like he really captures the kind of the OCD that Howard Hughes had and kind of kinks and cadence of his performance. I think it's a fantastic choice. Um, who won 04? That was Jimmy Fox. Fox so. Yeah, I am. It's a toughie, but I do love Leo in this. I haven't seen it. Okay. What's your six? My number six is Best Original Song, Yags from earlier. So she said, What's the problem, baby? Accidentally in Love from Shrek 2 by The Counting Crows. Look. Sometimes I get very much into the minutia of like, oh, here's why this works. I'll be honest. I don't know if I can explain what works about Accidentally in Love because this is just a bop. That's what this song is. Just an absolute bop. I love this song. I love the come on, come on, 
I, I love everything about this song. I listen to this song all the time. It just gets me excited. I, I love it so much. Come on. I, I love it. Come yeah, on. Come on. This was my 10. Um, it's transcended being a song from a movie for me because I just have listened to it so much that it's just a song that I have just known forever. Um, I love it. I think this actually perfectly sets the tone for like the return of Shrek and Fiona and Shrek 2, like where they're at and the, the scenes that we see them in their honeymoon montage. I think it's like the perfect song to sort of underscore the happiness that they are in before we get into the rest of the movie where we see that marriage tested with in-laws and shit. So um, I think it's a great piece of uh, a great movie in Shrek 2. Uh, so yeah, Axiom Love's fantastic. Uh, surrender to the strawberry ice cream never ever um okay um uh, so i know you guys said the thing list i actually thought this one uh i picked something no. else i'd actually motorcycle diaries just existed yeah i lost to that motorcycle diary song i would have actually given if i would did the correct list again i would actually given uh accidentally i loved probably the nod for thing i picked another movie um from a Disney, but overall, uh, for this, I've listened to the song more times than I can count. Uh, I enjoy the song a lot, so not a bad choice overall. Everybody else on Accidentally in Love. I'm, I used to uh, go ahead, Jake. I, was, I used to hate the song because of its um, connection to Shrek Two, because uh, I'm not. I wasn't uh, for a long time. I wasn't a big fan of Shrek Two, um, but now I really like. The, I like the movie, and I love the song. Um, I. Love Mr. Jones. I love accidentally love like Channing Crows is like music that I kind of like. Um, and yeah, this I honestly I would have made this my pick, but I really wanted to talk about my original song choice. Um, because I yeah, this would have been my winner in a heartbeat. Uh, I love this song and it's yeah, it's a great song. I just love that collectively we're saying fuck you to the Polar Express. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a bad I hate movie. movie. That's a bad movie. Wow. It's a horror film. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Um, I uh, oh. oh, go ahead. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I I do love this song. It's a, it's a great song. But Boatman, I'm actually kind of disappointed in you because you didn't pick one little slip. But that's okay. <sighs> this song is great. Cody, Cody, I know what you're thinking. This is, I know what you're thinking. This song shake a little. Not what I was thinking. I'll be honest. It was close. It was close. Uh, it's fine. Uh, yeah, my five is uh, the category of original score. Doug, there's a reason I didn't mention it for actor. Cause catch me if you can, uh, John Williams. I'm falling in love with this score every time I watch this movie. Like this is slowly like creeping up to my favorite score of all time. It's not quite there yet, but like it's it's getting there. It is getting there. It's I'll there's parts of me that thinks this might be my favorite Williams score of all time. Like I I love this score. I know it's crazy. I don't for whatever reason this score it just randomly it'll just pop in my head. I, I love it. I love it. I love just I, I love that melody. I love the overarching themes. I love the stuff that's not like the main theme. I just think there's so much throughout this whole score. I mean, that opening credit sequence is just amazing for so many reasons. And because of that John Williams theme, I, I don't know. I love this score so much. 
I, I, I'm not, I'm not like this. Fuck you, Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh. That must. What's that? I hear someone, someone making a snide comment. It must be Joseph Olabas. Multiplex's answer to the question no one asked. <laughs> That's oh what you get with the mad, 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 mad world, bitch. I love Joseph Olavas, and I'm glad we unleashed this side of him. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, that score is weird. Because of all the things this movie can get, I don't know if I'd give it that. I don't know. That's the weird part. There's a lot I would give it. Hanks, uh, Leo, director. Like, there's a t- picture. Like, there are a lot of choices you could actually take from this. I think it's – I'm with you. I, it's up there in my Spielberg. It's in the top five. Um, yeah. I don't know. Score's a weird choice. Score's a very weird choice for me. I don't I, – maybe I just don't pay attention to the score as much. Um I have that problem, but I also don't listen to it on <laughs> scores that often by myself. So uh, everybody else on uh, the score from Definitely not William's good. best score of the decade. It's a good score. No, I feel bad. So nice backpedaling, bitch. Good like, Lord. Take it. And we also it. point out that when Bobin was humming the theme, he was humming the cantina music from Star Wars. <laughs> he literally did it. It's literally the cantina music from Star Wars. Um, but okay. Uh that's like when Bar tries to quote something and misquotes it. Good yeah. job, you're Andrew James Bar. But I'll take this I'll admit that. I think with Ketchup and Candace, the score is good. Um, I think you have a lot more to pick from Williams's decade. Like you could pick Harry Potter. <laughs> like his Harry Potter theme is from this decade. And I think that's some of the best work he's ever done. Um I think you could also like. There's just a lot of other things you could have picked for score this decade. I I think this isn't even the winner of score in its year. I think Jake got the winner of score in its year earlier. <laughs> so like, hard to say that, but decent decent pick, I guess. Uh, this this is a good pick for for me. Uh, I do love the score. Uh, just didn't make my list, but good pick, boat. Really good pick. Joseph's now not commenting, and now I feel. Bad. Oh my gosh! Just own it. He's see, here's this is this is see this is why I'm not targeting him because I would I would own that shit for life. Every time I saw Joseph, I'd be like, "Yeah, fuck you." And then I'm Joseph. Like, Joseph will be fine. Believe me, he's brought heat. He knows how to take it. He's a lot more self aware than you realize. Oh, that's fair. Well, that's fair. Again, like I told you, he. he He's come at me before, and of all the people, and he and stood his ground, so he'll be fine. Um, and that's the computer laughing, so it takes a lot of times because if you ever heard text to speech, it's pretty. It's, yeah. sound, does it sound similar to Jared Leto Joker laugh? Ah, ah, ah. That's the count. I was gonna say that was the count. Yeah. Oh, I can't need that. What's your four? Uh, my four is uh, the category best adapted screenplay. Uh, it is doubt. Yikes! You are turning into me. That's a Caleb Boltman opinion. Jake, what's your three? Number three, uh, best actor. 
Uh, Why'd you put Hamilton as another actress? Yeah, what the sexist? Wow! <laughs> Are we bringing wow. Tiffany Two back? In? I literally did. Rick, how do you feel about Wonder Woman? Woman? Sexist. <laughs> bringing back fucking memes from 2018. That was a throwback. Yeah. God damn it. Um, my number, my number three, best actor. Uh, it's motherfucking Sandman Adam Sandler for Punch Drunk Love. I, I know, but I have to talk about it, man. You know, every actor is fit for a certain character, and I think Adam Sandler fits Barry Egan to, like, a fucking T. There's, it's hard because Sandler is known for his comedies and how sometimes it looks like he doesn't care when he, when he acts. This is a performance that is just designed for him and only for him. Like only him in the world could have played this character because it's just so precise and specific. The way he carries himself, the way he has so many crazy mannerisms, it's just like, it's perfect for this performance. And, you know, you just fall for this guy. Like he's just a Daniel's luck guy who's just in love and he wants to buy a shit ton of pudding. And it's great. And it works for the character. It plays into the comedic sort of approach that Sandler is known for, but giving him depth. And with a filmmaker like PTA, like everyone knows I love PTA. He's one of my favorites. He just is able to give Sandler like such a juicy performance. And uh, I think he's fantastic. Absolutely flawless in this movie. You've done something really surprising here. You've done supporting actor and actor and arguably probably picked the worst performances of both of the decade. I think Adam Sandler is absolutely awful in this film. I watched this film and I am so confused by it. Um I guess well, he confused by the performance. I guess I'm guess he had to crawl before he could run to get to uncut gems because this is a dog shit. He I'm waiting every time for him to go like the entire time, like I'm waiting for him to do Sandlerisms, but he never does them, which pisses me off. But he's about to drop them every time because he doesn't quite know. And literally, I think we just learned, especially this year, this past year with PTA, sometimes he needs somebody alongside him to guide him and make him not make fucking terrible decisions. And because he doesn't clearly listen, I think casting Sandler is a bad choice. I think I when people have told me about PTA because I'm 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 more fifty fifty on him than as much hate as I used to be. But when when I'm 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 there and watching the performances, uh, when I when people have this in like the top three of PTA or top five, and they're like, "This is it," I think it is terrible. No, I'm not saying it's bad because I wanted to say he, he's he's fighting with himself in the film to drop the woohoo and like uh like wants to do a dick joke or you know grab a guitar and sing. He is fighting. You can see no, it in his face. No. He wants to like he literally wants to shut up. Like he wants to become Sandy Koufax from Big Daddy during this film. Uh, if you're gonna uh, Big Daddy, better dramatic performance than this no movie. no okay. crazy i crazy. wipe my own ass i wipe my own ass deal with it uh yeah terrible choice arguably one of the worst go ahead everybody uh i've never seen, seen this but because i i have to ask uh does adam sandler try to date a 15 year old no oh then uh it's not getting voted for best picture from payson johnson or caleb bowman um anyway <laughs> 
I haven't seen it. I'm gonna hide from the murder. I'm right here, you fuck. Let's go, mano y mano, you bitch. Say something good about your pedophile director, boy. You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Farewell. Look, Punch Drunk Love is... I, I'm giving him a mulligan. I'm, I'm letting him make one more, and then, you know, then I kill him. Um, I, I'm giving him a Billy Martin. Look, Adam Sandler and... I, I like Punch Drunk Love a lot. I don't know if Adam Sandler is honestly like what makes this movie because I think it's how PTA uses Sandler, right? I don't think Sandler is really doing anything that spectacular, uh, in my opinion. But like, he is kind of doing the normal Sandler thing. It's about the movie that's built around him and how it's putting that Sandler s character in the real world, in a more realistic world, and I think that's what works. Okay. Coho, uh, what's your three? You to fucking rebut the bullshit that fucking Jack Pinchick said earlier. My pick for best original score is Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Now, when people think Pirates of the Caribbean, people go, oh, Curse of the Black Pearls, where all the themes come from. No, they come from Dead Man's fucking chest. Because that's where Davy Jones' theme, that's where the main theme comes into the version that we know it, that's where Jack's theme comes in in full force. All the best themes from this movie. Also, Jack, if we're going to sit here and go, oh, because Gladiator it sounds somewhat similar to Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> the Harry Potter theme comes from Schindler's List, but the Harry Potter theme is better. Pirates of the Caribbean is better than Gladiator. So, boom. It's called Improvement. Uh, and Schindler's growth, List they is improve. Sorry, Schindler's List is like not better than Harry Potter. Sorry, buddy. Uh, <laughs> it's called Improvement and Growth, and uh, you obviously don't know what that means. Uh, but Dead Man's Chest, uh, great fucking movie, but the score specifically I think is so perfect for the film. How the music just perfectly encapsulates everything down to Davy Jones's theme, which is my favorite part piece in the movie, um, of that like very organ uh, heavy uh, sound, and then the 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 music that plays like almost like a music box uh, for his for him and Calypso's theme. Uh, I think it's brilliant music all the way throughout. Underscores the movie perfectly. Uh, one of the greatest scores of all time, bar none. Um, I'm a big fan of Dead Man's Chest. It is by far the best of the two. Um, that's where the, the franchise stops. I don't care about what happens with the brother in court. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. What, uh, <laughs> oh, God! Oh, Lord! Don't put it up. Don't put it up. Hey, Pacer, guess what? You forgot. I have the timeout button. You have no power here. Oh, Celebrate your God. pedophile again. I'll oh, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> okay, anyways, I love chaos. Let's keep it going. Um, all right, but uh, score. I love when you spring it up. It's always my favorite. It's like no, 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 no. This is this is the this is where it originally is from. I think there's a lot you can do from uh, Dead Man's Chest. I think there's a lot of great perform, a lot of great moments in this. Again, the match of a sequel is take the original, expand on it, but don't overbloat it. This one doesn't overbloat it. The third one, they definitely overblowed it, and that's when the problems come in. So, score definitely enjoyed score, um, but I enjoy a lot of stuff in this. I mean, definitely enjoyed the villain in this movie more than anything else. So, I consider that. everybody else in the score for Pirates of the Caribbean. And again, if you like the score, don't talk about the first one; it's the second one. 
That's the one where okay. all the main themes come from. Something I just want to say real quick. Coho, if you're telling me that I don't understand or I don't know growth and improvement, you're absolutely fucking right. I know. I was waiting for you to try to rebut that, you bitch. No, 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 no. You're right. Uh, anyway, uh, here's the thing. Uh, I, I love the score for this movie. The Davy Jones's theme is probably my favorite villain theme in any film. Uh, it's fantastic. I, as re on regular rotation in my car, it, it's great. Uh, but no, the score is fantastic. The movie's great. Uh, this is my second favorite Pirates movie. I like the first one just slightly more. But the score in this is phenomenal. Um, it's a good score. I just don't really remember Dead Man's Chest. You know, when I think of Pirates of the Caribbean, I think of the music from the first one. Um, you really don't, though, because it's not in the first one. You don't watch You know, I remember the music from that. And Elizabeth and uh, and Will's romantic theme, that's in the first one. Um, I don't really, I can't recall Dead Man's Chest. To be fair, it's been a while since I've seen it, but like, I think of, when I think of Pirates of the Caribbean music, I think of the first one. Yeah. I, I I like this score. Uh, I I think this is a good score. I I, I kind of get what Coho says though about like the this the main theme is a little bit different in this one than in Curse of Black Pearl, and I think that's the better version of the main theme. I don't really notice the other pieces of score because you know I'm really not that much of a score guy. So, like, I don't have a great memory for, like, music in scores. Like, I can tell you who composed the score, but I can't tell you what a lot of scores sound like. So the ones that stick with me are the ones I love. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, number three, Jack. My number three is my pick for best original screenplay, and it's Inglorious Bastards. This... Uh, yikes. Well, same, different category, right? Do I say yikes if it's a different it's, yes, it's the same. Yikes on the is it, is it yeah. higher? It's the same level, so we can talk it's about not it. yikes, then. Okay. So it's three? It's also my three, but in a different... Okay, you both talk about it right now. Okay, sorry. Okay. You want to start, both? Sure. I feel bad, but sure. Uh, yeah, uh, I picked it for director uh, for Tarantino. Uh, I, I think that the way there there are two sequences in this movie that are just effortless. I mean, there's so much in this movie that's just beautifully directed, but the pub scene is like one of my favorite scenes in movie, like top five scenes period in movies for me. I love everything about the entire pub sequence and the way Tarantino directs it, building the tension, not excluding the comedy, giving you a full feel of what this basement feels like. Just everything. And then the actual shootout is pure Tarantino violence. Tarantino just directs the heck out of this movie. It's my favorite work as Tarantino from a director. Not from, not my favorite Tarantino. Actually, it is my favorite Tarantino movie too. So on both accounts. Uh, yeah, love this movie. Love the way Tarantino directs it. Uh, yeah, no, this, uh, I picked it for original screenplay. Uh, it's honestly possibly Tarantino's best written film, I'd say. Uh, that's up for debate, of course, but because uh, he's got so many great 
screenplays. But no, uh, this movie's fantastic. Just the opening scene, the bar scene, uh, the whole Mexican standoff bit after the bar scene. But uh, the second Michael Fassbender, I believe, uh, put uh, says three uh, three drinks uh, and uses the the English three or the American three. The tension just keeps building from there until the line "Say Alvita Zane to your Nazi balls," which is also fantastic. Uh, but no, uh, but the whole uh, Bongiorno, like, there's so many great moments in this movie, and there it's all because of Tarantino's brilliant script. Uh, truly incredible. I do think uh, that this should have beat the Hurt Locker in original screenplay. It actually kind of confuses me as much as I love that movie why it won original screenplay uh over this but nevertheless great screenplay great film phone just randomly started playing something live next to me weird times um how this movie just didn't win multiple things is kind of mind-blowing like the way we should it should have best picture and glorious bastards as one of them like it should be the best picture of this year. Um, is this Tarantino's best film? Yes. Is this my favorite Tarantino film? No. Um, but I will say this is probably the funniest. There are moments in this movie that is by far the funniest in any Tarantino movie ever for me. Um, the Everything with the Bastards is so quotable to me. I quoted it basically most my growing up. is like I love the basement. You know, this Mexican standoff. You know, the problem with fighting in a basement. You're fighting in a fucking basement. Um, I think Brad Pitt's really good. I don't know. I think both are vile. I think because he wrote this, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wrote it. Yeah, so he mentioned it on both accounts here. Like, it's, it's, well, I agree. They're vital to both of them. Uh, that first scene is like arguably one of the best scenes in cinema history. Like, I remember watching it. It was, it's gut wrenching, but there are so many other scenes, and the dialogue works so well together. Um, yeah, I can't argue. Great choice, Inglorious Bastards, definitely of the decade. It's one of those standouts. I think it's right now. As uh, when we did our top one hundred, I think it's the most. It's number like, one in the original uh, top yeah, one hundred. Yeah, I think yeah, it's the number one, and I think it was number. It was in another. I think it was in everybody's top ten of every time we did the show. So it's it's one that ranks really high. Everybody else on Inglorious Bastards. It's 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 not it's hard to add much more to Inglorious Bastards. It's great. The direction's great. The screenplay's great. It's yeah. It's a fantastic movie. Uh yeah, I retired this movie. Uh, it's it's a great movie. I don't know what else I can say about it. That's fair. Um. All right. Um. Number two, Jake. Oh, yeah, it's me now. Uh, number two, best director. This is where I'm probably going to lose some more people. We'll see. Um, it's a very interesting choice. Uh, I'll see how what Cody thinks. It's Gus Van Sant for an elephant. Uh, yeah, a film I don't think a lot of people have seen. Um, it's I really love how meticulous Van Sant is with his use of the camera, the way it's able to track through all these multiple characters at this high school. It's very minimal in its presentation. A lot of it is just these steady cam camera 
following the, the behinds or the forwards of uh, people. And it's just really like mesmerizing in a very like beautiful poetic way. And it doesn't like, there's no bias with any sort of character and the way Van Sant's able to tell the story. He tells it in his own way. And the way that is told, I just think is really beautiful. And it's a lot of restraint, which isn't, which I think works for this type of movie because this movie is about a school shooting and it builds up to that and it doesn't really give you any hints. It's not trying to, it's just trying to be very minimal and just like these are these uh, characters. And I think the choice to hire non-actors in these roles is such a Van Sant decision, but I think it works because of how minimalistic the performances are. It works for the setting because you don't want anything too outlandish for these type of characters. And I think what Van Sant did was a really smart choice. Um, I, and one in the best director at Khan, I think he easily would have been my choice for director in this category. Um, it's hard because of Lord of the Rings, Return of the King and Peter Jackson, but I just think that this is a, a film that deserves a bit more attention. This movie, um, I heard a lot about this movie for a long time. Um, as somebody that was, you know, school in the 90s um growing up when columbine was the main like the first one that was there was others but like i think i don't know if there was other i don't know but this is the first one i remember hearing about and like to see the story of like basically i don't know it's it was super hard this movie was super hard to watch um especially like the ending like when they're all like I hate the ending of this movie. I understand the ending of this movie. I'm not against, like, I know the story had it's an interesting take on the story of what it was, but it's just, it is so hard to watch. But I think, honestly, if I had to sit there and say, I think his directing of it helped tell the story in a better way than if you put this kind of story in the wrong person's hand, I think there's problems more problems than what it is. It's kind of like a realistic approach to it, but it's not like glorifying any of it. Like it's it's a real it's not a long watch. I'm glad I didn't have to stay in it too much, but it's a real like abstract way of like looking at this, like the events of just the different people and like putting them in the set you meet all these people and then put them there on the day of like kind of thing, like where it all boils down to and like the events could have changed. It's crazy. Um, I suggest if you've never seen it, I would like watch it if you can. I think it's a, I think it's an interesting story. But again, I, I I credit Gus Van Zandt's directing on this because I don't think you put this in another director chain. I don't think it's as good. Um, yeah, I will never watch this movie again ever. But I'm glad I did watch it. Thanks for putting it on your list. Uh, no one else saw it here so far. I've seen it. You have. Okay, yeah. go ahead. Um, I think this movie's good. I think it's really hard to watch. Um, I don't think I would put Gus Van Sant up for director, but I get it. Um, he's working with a lot of really non-actors in a very, like, non... Like, to make it feel not staged. Um, I think he does a good job with it. Um, I think there's a different director who does a similar thing in the same decade that I would like more. I think Paul Greengrass in United 93 does a very similar thing. Um, and that movie works for me a little bit better if I'm going to pick someone for director, but I get it. Um, this is a very good movie that I too will never watch again. So. 
For a second there, I thought you were going Denis Villeneuve in Polytechnic, uh, uh, but you went Greengrass okay. instead. But no. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen this movie. Uh, I heard a lot about it very recently. I just, it sounds like a movie that I appreciate. Uh, I just haven't seen it. Not seen it. Okay. Jack and I took a different amount of words to say the same thing. <laughs> if, if this was longer, you just cut him off already. Um, uh, everybody else. Coho, uh, what's your two? Uh, my number two was a yikes on the movie from earlier. My number two is best supporting actor. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman for doubt. Um, this ended up being the one I settled on. I had a lot of different performances fighting out for this spot, but I chose Hoffman because I think he also had a great decade in the 2000s. Um, and this is one that of those performances that he doesn't get talked about enough for. I know he got nominated, but he was in like a brutal year to get nominated. And I can also like understand the argument for lead or supporting. I chose to just include him in the category he got nominated in. Uh, for this one, even though I probably might personally lean towards putting him in lead that year. Um, though I can understand both sides to that argument. Um, it's just as much about him as it is Streep. Um, and I think they have a lot of moments going back and forth that way. Um, they have that big scene with each other. I get both sides of it, but I think he's great. Um, I put him in supporting for this. Uh, and I think he he has all those scenes where in the context of the lens of what you see with Streep, you are off put by what he is doing. But there's a potential chance that he's not being malicious through this at all. And every time you watch it, you can't quite tell. Um, and like you want, you kind of start believing Streep. And then by the end, you're like, you need to know and you don't know. So how can I trust what your perspective was? I think he gives such a great, understated, balanced performance throughout the entire movie. Um, and I think it's a terrific turn from him. This was my four. It was my adapted screenplay pick. Uh, I I love the way this movie is written because I've this. I know this is like a very dark subject matter, but this is kind of my requiem for a dream because I get a new experience every time I watch it. Because there is no clear answer. Uh, no matter how many times you look at it, as to did. Hoffman do anything right like you have doubts because the movie has doubts because anytime you think yep I've got a handle on it there is that creeping doubt no matter which way you slide and I I just love the that that structure but I also love like just different things like I love Philip Seymour Hoffman's monologue about gossip where it is clear he is directly even though he's preaching he is directly talking to Meryl Streep in that scene. Uh, and, and that is such, like, a great, like, thinly veiled screw you from Hoffman. Uh, it's a great pick, because Hoffman's performance is phenomenal in this. I, I just love the writing. I love when you also get some revelations about Streep's character, when, you know, she she's a hardcore traditionalist, and she breaks down Frosty the Snowman and how it's actually about witchcraft in her opinion. And that's really funny, uh, but, like, it's kind of a major plot point. And I, I love this movie. I, I I love this movie. It's it's not a fun movie, but it's such a well-made movie. Uh, 
doubt if you're going to nominate it for something, I nominate it for the writing on it. Um, I think the writing is what makes this movie work. And so I still, to this day, if I put it on right now, I have doubt. I have doubt in every direction. I don't know what to believe. I don't know what it is. And that's the brilliance of the writing. If I were to nominate of this movie, I think there are two others that I would nominate over Philip Seymour Hoffman. That's nothing against Philip Seymour Hoffman. But I think there are two other people firing on all cylinders in this movie. And I think he's just the catalyst that drives the entire thing. But I don't. The, there's a square off that happens in this movie in the, the classroom and it's street basically bringing it to him and he's gotten to play off that which i think is helpful but i think street viola davis philip seymour hoffman is my order in that uh doubt is one of those movies that i can't thank boatman enough for it's in my top 100 i'll probably keep climbing every time i watch it it's an uncomfortable movie to watch it's not a movie to go to bed on uh, i have done that um but i will say um it's a fantastic movie. It's one of the best of the decade. Um, Great double feature with Defending Your Life, I will say that. That worked out really well for me. Well, I watched this in the player, and I watched the player first. Um, so, And then the end of my night on doubt, so that's not the greatest combo. But um, I, I stayed awake for three hours, like, contemplating the ending of this movie. Uh, everybody else on doubt. I haven't seen it, but I have gone to bed on Requiem for a Dream more than once, and for the most part, slept pretty well. Oh, and and but you can admit you have problems, and we can all see that. Um, uh, I just haven't seen it. Oh, nice. I actually okay. think you'd like it, Jake. Personally, I sounds like something I would enjoy. Yeah, you know, miserable time. Yeah, for people. In the exactly. You, you My like, right, it's no rubber. Let me tell you, uh, no school shooting. <laughs> but you know, quite um, Please tell uh, me your best picture is rubber, Jake. Oh wait, you uh, already have that's twenty ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Oh, that's fine. Jack, what's your two? My two is best director, and I picked Bong Joon-ho from Memories of Murder. Now, I would I have picked Peter Jackson? Yes, but he won, so I can't. But Bong Joon-ho, I go back and forth on uh, who I think is better, uh, Bong Joon-ho or Peter Jackson. And Bong Joon-ho, just he, this is his best movie that, I, uh, that I've seen. Uh, I I do love Parasite, but I like this one just slightly more. Uh, some of some of the uh, easily one of the most intense movie theater experiences I've ever like I, I've ever been to. Like uh, like one of the most tense movie theater experiences. Uh, the scene like there's just so many brilliant moments of tension in this movie. Uh, when you figure out. Uh, what's going on with the song on the radio and uh, and then when it starts raining you're just you're just filled with this overwhelming sense of dread because well you know what's about to happen and Bong Joon-ho uh, he should have been up for Oscar like Oscar contention for this and the fact that I don't know if this was even eligible was this eligible because yeah if it, if it was then it I, don't, I don't think Korea like submitted it Oh well, then Korea, you're stupid. Uh, I'll if, that, I'll if, it was, if it was eligible, the Academy, you're stupid for not nominating this in anything. Uh, great movie, fantastic direction. Well, here on my podcast, let's not 
say Korea's stupid. I don't need any you know, nukes fired in this direction. Wait, it's down. South Korea, not North. We're okay. Well, okay. Let's only really piss off our own person when they think you're talking. You just said Korea. You just said Korea. You did not say South. Just make sure we're on the same page. I, I just clarified, though. We're okay now. Well, they already pressed the button. We're fucked. Um, uh, this movie's great. This movie's absolutely great. Um, I've never, I don't remember the last time I dove into a movie like with that, like, uh, like commentary and figuring out how you made it and stuff like that as much as this movie. I think this movie is insane. I think it's good. I like it more than Parasite 2. Um, yeah, great, great choice. Absolutely. If you haven't checked it out, please go check it out. It has twisted turns, but subtle twisted turns that actually work. Um, yeah, the, He's a master class. I thought you said it's hard to decide between Bong Joon Ho and Peter Jackson, but are you talking about this this year? This year, this year. Okay, that makes it better because I was like, it's pretty easy to decide between <laughs> Peter Jackson. <laughs> if it ain't Lord of the Rings, he ain't that great. Um, Technically, uh, Memories of Murder would be 05 for the actual Oscars. So that would be up against King. Uh-huh. Then let me go double check that. Uh, no, so it's two. It's O three on IMDb. It's like no. I'm saying the submissions list because I said on the submission list for Korea it wasn't submitted for 2003. So yeah, because I don't think it was theatrically released in the United States till O five. Oh, well, two years. King, then against King Kong, it's an easy shut and dry. King oh Kong yeah, wins. that is that is easy. And yeah, that King Kong wins. Goes up against Crash that year and it wins. It still was not submitted by South Korea for international feature. That's so stupid. Everybody else on this movie. Uh, Oh, yeah. Jake, I'll let you go first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So when Michael came over last year and we hanged out and we had a good time, uh, we went over to the store and he bought me the Bong Joon-ho collection, uh, which included Memories of Murder, uh, which I at the time had not seen. Uh, I watched it and it's like just fantastic. I was worried that the expectations on this movie was so high that I wasn't going to be on board with it, but it's such an easy film to enjoy because you get like, it's like Zodiac in the sense that you get so invested in this, uh, this crime, this uh, investigation that you are just with them throughout the entire film. And also the characters and how they're written and how they conflict is so fascinating and it's so easy to, to watch um, and it's a great movie, and I just felt like, you know, if I, if you're ever going to do a Secret Santa, uh, pick this movie for the person uh, that you've got, because it's, it's going to probably work. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Jake did get this for me for Secret Santa. Thank you, Jake. Uh, this, this movie is excellent, and from a directorial standpoint, yeah. Just, like, the, the I love the way just the blocking is in this movie like just the way like characters like stand in reference to each other like i i feel like i could honestly watch this movie with no subtitles and i would basically understand what happened you know i wouldn't get the the minutiae of the great dialogue but i i feel like i could basically understand the story without dialogue because that's how well this film is directed i think this is just an expertly directed film because Bong Joon-ho is like one of our most genius filmmakers. Yeah. What's your two? Oh yeah, it's me. Uh, my two is original screenplay. I'm Caleb Boatman and this is Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> I think I, I love Lilo and Stitch. This is like my, my comfort movie. 
my perfect like I love this movie and I love the writing. I I say this every time this movie comes up, but I think Lilo and Nani are two of the most well written characters of all time, and they're not even real people. They're animated, and I think they they feel more human than so many human characters. Uh, I I love just their connection. But, you know, this is also a very funny movie. Uh, you know, uh, the dog was, it was dead this morning. It was dead what we thought it was. Or I just love little moments. Like, no, I want to buy him. Can I borrow two dogs? <laughs> like, just that. Like, I obviously, it's been said before. Jumba and Pleakley. Uh, it's... <laughs> I'm not the one who said it. That is so true. <laughs> Literally the, the the one who is actually in charge of everything, and then the one who is panicky and neurotic. And look, Cody, the mosquitoes are an endangered species. Look, I, I love this movie. Uh, yeah, Lindstitch, great. Experiment six or six. Hey, you should definitely ask Paul if he knows if Ohana means family. You guys were not even there. Oh. I... No, you weren't. I was around. You were not on the call. Oh, not on the call, but I was around at the time of that show. God. I was not on the call, but I was told about it by someone who wasn't even here. So I, yeah. Or who was there at the time. Because Sean was there, apparently. Yeah, people pass their joke. Good Lord. Come, here, Come up with your own original material. Or be there on the calls. Um, overall, Leland such funniest Disney movie. I'll stand by it. It is the funniest Disney movie for me. I think there's just so many moments. It also has so much heart in this movie, too. Like, um, my kids, uh, my three kids, uh, went through the foster care system until we adopted them. So it has... Uh, uh, when we first got them, I put it on because I was like, of course, they'll love Leland Stitch. Not realizing like the whole subject matter behind <laughs> Leland Stitch um, <laughs> of kids possibly getting taken away from their homes and blah, blah, blah. It kind of hit a little close to home. Uh, when my wa daughter watches it, it does the big old crocodile tears when she watches it because it makes her all sad, um, but happy at the same time. Yeah, great choice. Hilarious movie. Uh, so much heart, um, and the brick line will always be probably one of my favorite lines in any film ever. Uh, everybody else on Lilo and Stitch. Great movie. Yeah. If I were going to pick an original screenplay that was animated, I was I would have been either Ratatouille or Finding Nemo. Um, I just chose to highlight something that I don't talk about as often. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a weird category that that year because that's Petra Madova for Talk to Her Who Wins. Um, um, and I can't remember the other nominees, but I mean, I like Lilo and Stitch. I saw it like a thousand times when I was a kid, but um, it's been a while. It's a great movie. I can't deny that. A original screenplay is, a, is an interesting choice. Uh, yeah, this movie's this movie's fantastic. Uh, goes between this and Emperor's New Groove, for which I think is funnier, but uh, this more often than not takes it. Uh, uh, one of the best moments in this movie uh, was your knuckles say Cobra, Cobra Bubbles. You don't look like a social worker. I'm a special classification. 
Did you ever kill anyone? <laughs> We're getting off the subject. <laughs> Just absolutely fantastic. It it's great. Uh fan like great pick, boat. Really great pick. All right, we're at everybody's number one. What are we giving it to? Here we go. Jake, what's your one? Best pitcher. Um, see, I I wanted Donnie Darker for original screenplay and Elephant for director, and I couldn't pick Memento because I wanted to pick that for original screenplay, but I picked Donnie Darko. So in really my top 10 of the 2000s, I couldn't really pick a best pitcher. So I wanted to go with one that honestly – should have won Best Picture. It was nominated. There's this whole thing. We still talk about the whole crash winning. It's fucking Brokeback Mountain, guys. It's like, I love this movie. It's fantastic. What's I, is that a, huh? It's like, what? What's all? Oh, never mind. <laughs> um, this is, yeah, I love this movie. Um, it really shows that the Academy were definitely one step forward, two steps back when they didn't give this best picture over Crash. Um, I mean, it's for a movie that's that's directed and written and made entirely by straight people, it's such a powerful human story about these two people, Jack and Ennis. Um, I rewatched it last week and I was just, just in love with everything that this movie stands for and everything that it tries to do. And that relationship but with Hall and Ledger is just so fantastic. Um, the way the movie ends is also like the perfect way it could have ended, the way Anna says, Jack, I swear, and it just pans over to see the window outside. It's just great filmmaking, great writing. Everything about this movie is perfect. And it just shows like what this movie did at the time. We weren't really talking about L- LGBT themed movies. That wasn't really a thing in Hollywood that really, like, this was the film that really like started to everyone realizing that, oh yeah, we can start making these sort of films in Hollywood. Like it's now come to that point, which thank God, because we want, we, I love films like this and I want films like this. And I think the way Ang Lee approached this film is like the most mature way that any filmmaker could have. And I think this movie's fantastic. It's hard to deny that this should have won this picture. Well, <laughs> um, I, I really hate that I have to go first on this. Um, uh, it's the it's the fourth choice of that year I would give it to. Agreed. I don't. I think the subject matter, sure. I think what it does, fine. The movie just boring to me. <laughs> I don't love the movie at all. I'm actually quite bored. Um, good night and good luck. A movie that came out the same year. I actually find really a lot, a lot more interesting. Of a, and it's not that. The, I think the reason why it's just like typical like subject matter of that. So it's not like one that doesn't win. I think Munich. I would honestly probably give it to you. And Capote. I would give it to like overall where we're at. I just think did Crash deserve? No. I would be okay if this one then, but of the decade. No way! There are just like you can you can like you can talk about the crash hate all you want, but to sit there and if I said, "Hey, Brokeback or Inglorious Bastards," like end of discussion. It's it's checkmate. It's over as soon as they said it. I'm sorry, it's the facts. I 
I watch this movie, I rewatch this movie again, and I just don't understand the un the the, the love. I think it's good. I don't ever think he gets to the level of great. Uh, everybody else on Brokeback Mountain. You want a better LGBTQ story? Capote was nominated for Best Picture right there. Um, Truman Capote is a better LGBTQ story. Um, It's not not doing exactly the same things, but I'm just saying, if you were looking for a better story, Capote, also an LGBT story. That's not like the central theme of Capote. That's the thing. It's all about him being gay and having a relationship with a prisoner. Yes, it's a gay movie. Uh, But Capote is great. Capote's also great. I stand by Goodnight and Good Luck should have won Best Picture, and George Clooney should have won Best Director. Um, but uh, Brokeback Mountain is a supremely overrated movie. Um, like, sorry, I think, uh, I think, I think it also doesn't George- help. Oh, five was a bad year. Two, oh, five is a, bad year. a weird year. But, but, but I will say, especially with what was nominated, like of the nominees, they've got uh, some of the nominees they hit, and then they just don't give it to the right nominee. Um, but like, yeah, I'll just say, um, Brokeback Mountain is. Like I, I respect what it did and who it is and all this stuff, but uh, yeah, sorry, I just think it's a bad movie. With uh, with uh, if you like it, cool. But I think it's not best picture of the decade at all. And Spence, you like movies that are ass, so fuck off, okay? Cats. Yeah, cats. Tell me about what more why cats is better. Go fuck yourself. Meow, everybody. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I I like Brokeback Mountain. I think this is a good movie. It is not a movie that I was enraptured by. I thought it was fine. I thought it dragged out a little bit. I don't love, you know, there's a certain like type of movie, like Nomadland kind of falls into it. I, I don't like these kind of challenging. What? Like challenging sort of. No, you, I'm, I'm not saying that you're. I'm, you like the crowd pleasers, right? I like the crowd pleasers. That's that's not Caleb Boatman. <laughs> I'm in danger. Ah yes, those, those just those. say what you need to say. <laughs> I I think there's just like a certain vibe that like Nomadland has. And a lot of other movies kind of have where it's just kind of like it's dour and it's technically perfect, but it doesn't have a certain level of energy or real fire in it. It's they're just so subtle to the point of just being kind of they don't stick on they don't stick with me. I want to say something before I pass it. Jack, have you seen this movie? Yes, I have. Thoughts? It's good. Not best picture of 2005 out of the nominees. Munich should have won, uh, but uh, it's it's a good movie. Just very, because Crash won, it gets way too much. This should have won best picture, and this is bullshit that it didn't. I, I That's why I say, I think it gets elevated to a level because Crash is so bad. True. Yeah. And it was such a slight because they weren't ready to make the jump. Should have won to set, sure. I, I don't really care because putting Crash and Brokeback Mountain next to each other, of course, I would take Brokeback Mountain. But my viewpoint on it is uh, that's where I, I, I stand by. Um, I also, Spence, just to be very clear, I was saying 
Not, I was saying that Capote is also an LGBT movie and a better movie, not better representation of just a better movie. Yes. Um, okay, your number one coho. My number one is best adapted screenplay, and it's Up in the Air. Um, Up in the Air is a movie that I love and love and love more and more every time I watch it. I chose the screenplay aspect of it because I think that's the strongest element of Up in the Air. It should have absolutely ran away with the Oscar that year. I'm sorry, Precious is not a good movie. Um, and I'm really irritated that that beat this, uh, which I think is Jason Reitman's best movie. Um, I think I really love the aspect of travel and like not having a home that you want to be at. So you would rather be traveling the country, ruining other people's lives in a way. Um, okay, Spence. Uh, you have to, you, you have to be on here to cancel me, bitch. Uh, timed out anyway. Uh, but, uh, oh, I forgot to do the timeout. Um, and bye. uh, anyway, uh, up in the air has so many great performances within the script as well. I think this is maybe Clooney's best. I think this is Anna Kendrick's best. I think this is Vera Farmiga's best. Um, I think this is the best work Brightman does as a director. I just really love the story. Um, and like the change, how times change for this character who has gotten so comfortable being a, basically a forever traveler. Um, and I love the way they nail tr- just the aspect of like airport culture that you don't see on film. And I think up there just does that really well. And it's really fun to watch. Um, and like all the little performances that are in here too, like Zach Galifianakis and JK Simmons are all just like really great one scene in and outs. Uh, but up in the air is phenomenal. And one of my favorite movies for sure. I've always so weirded out by like how much you love up in the air. Like I don't, I like, I, I, I think it's good. So, okay. But do I think it's like amazing? No. Like when I watched it, I gave it three stars. Three and a half stars. I thought it was fine. I think it's the same thing that plays into it. I think Clooney is very charismatic on screen. I think he helps drive the point home. I think he and Anna Kendrick play off each other well. But overall, I like. I don't think it's. I gush over it that much. I just might be your subject matter. And by the way, if somebody put "Cancel Caleb Coho" in the chat and then you silence that voice, are you just really? part of the problem oh i am i am the problem but spence is a bitch so i don't care you're, you're ruining the representation in our chat right now that's rough um okay everybody else in up in the with up in the air uh i haven't seen it but from what i understand if you want to watch a movie with uh that with good airport uh culture that's uh nice. go go watch the terminal uh, the fuck? The fuck? I haven't oh. seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, I, 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 I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. No, I haven't seen it. I want to. Uh, yeah, I, I do really like up in the air. I think that, uh, I, I, and I think in terms of screenplay, there's a lot of great speeches here or back and forth. But I love the how much has your wife life way scene. <laughs> Life. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite slip of the tongue ever on this show. <laughs> Go ahead, Jake. Save me from that. I'm not saying I don't know. To be honest, I don't even completely know what happened. He's, he said, how much does my what? I mean, life way. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, somebody else. Um, I was, I was going to say, um, yeah, no, I, I love this movie. Uh, this is I everything that Koha has pretty much said. I agree with. Uh, this would have been my choice for the screenplay. I think this is Ratman's best movie. It's at least my favorite of his. This is straight up drama. Like it's fantastic. I love it. Um, yeah, so much to say. It's good stuff. This versus Knives Out. What do you think's better? Knives Out. Still the 21st original screenplay, right? Uh, 2010s original screenplay. Oh, so I definitely remember it being what, 21st. What would beat it? What would beat in this decade? Uh, a what little bit of trend, but but of course I. Better than Knives Out. Okay, I love how it's changed over the decade. Over the years. Yeah, you watch um, movies, you grow, you change. Something Jack Pentrack can't do. And is uh, is La La Land still your favorite movie of all time? Yeah, oh, growth still needs to happen. That's okay. Um, um, Jack, what's your one? Oh, my one. Uh, it's it it's Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, and this? I have Rachel's song for my number ten category. Should yeah. I just go first, just because I'm going to talk about the song? Yes, just talk about the song, okay. and then we'll let um, it gush. Yeah, it was my number 10. Uh, I love Enya. She's one of my favorite musicians. I love that new new age existential sort of uh, sound that she kind of developed. Um, and I think May It Be is, like, just, I love that stuff. I listen to her music all the time, and I think it's a fantastic song. Uh Yeah. I picked this for best picture because this is a perfect movie. Uh, this is the, the fact that Peter Jackson was able to adapt this well is an achievement that very few uh, have matched for me because uh, the books are just so great. But no, uh, this movie is fantastic. Every single performance in it is incredible. Uh, the, uh, the score by Howard Shore is just perfect. The Bridge of Cause of Doom is one of the best uh, pieces of music in the trilogy. Uh, so is Concerning Hobbits, but that uh, the cinematography is just gorgeous. Uh, Andrew Lesney's uh, cinematography is, yeah, it, it, it's perfect. Uh, it, it deserved to win the Oscar that year. I can't, I think it did, but uh, it's just truly marvelous. Uh, but no, my favorite performance in this movie uh, changes on every rewatch. Uh, the last couple, it's been Sean Bean. Uh, I think he's absolutely phenomenal in this. Uh, Ian McKellen, uh, Sean Astin, they're both really close seconds. Viggo Mortensen. But it's got some of the best moments in film uh, with uh, Gandalf versus the Balrog and uh, Boromir's Last Stand. Just absolutely incredible. Fantastic movie. I love it so much. You know me. Worst of the trilogy? I don't agree with that. I would say it's second, first, third, my opinion. I understand. But it's it's the same thing with, like, what Dune's going to be. You're going to need it to complete it. So, like, at the end of the day, like, the worst of the trilogy is the starting point of the trip. Like, you can't like oh that first one's the worst of it. I can't watch it. No, you need the first one. So it's I think it's good. Um 
I think they all rank on the same level. I like them all the same. I'm just tired of talking about them to this point almost. Like it is I I have a best friend in this community and he loves them and he obsesses over them and he watches them all the time and it's in fandom, which I still watch because I'm I'm still gutting for punishment because I still like watching the matches and people learning people that don't know how to bet. Um and then um yeah, best picture. No, because it already had its best picture. Stop it, stop it. And the only reason you're giving it this best picture, the fact that you gave it this best picture and not two towers, is rude. It's absolutely rude. It already got Return of the King, and you decided just to skip over to two towers and put it. Back. I had two towers originally in another category, uh, but it fell off the list. So. Um, it couldn't take over. And I forgot to change it, but they go, but I do like this one just That's slightly. pandering right there. That's just, <sighs> I like this one just. That's textbook pandering. I like this one just slightly more than Two Towers, just barely. They're all in my top 10 movies of all time. Okay. Um, everybody, I am waiting to hear some original takes on why uh, Lord of the Rings did not make a list. Come on, right. please give me something original. I got I got nothing. I just don't like these movies. I'm over it. I like these movies. I just like everything else I have more. I love I, I shouldn't say I like these. Actually, you know what? No. Never mind. I forgot. I gotta say on brand. Lord of the Rings sucks now. Screw you. Albert Brooks fish can eat your ass. <laughs> hey Todd? What the fuck? <laughs> First, Mr. Feeney's a pedal album. Now that this is wrong. The fuck is happening? Oldman, only the Return of the King is the one that you have to hate. Okay, Jake. Don't uh, tell yeah. me what I want to hate. It's Lord of the Rings. They shot that in New Zealand, and there's a lot of Australian actors in it. You're from New Zealand, right? I'm from Australia. It's basically the same thing, right? Basically the same place, yeah. New Zealand is the Canada of Australia. Uh, that's 100% that it, yeah. That is a fact. Okay. Um, lovely you said that's a fact. Are you for, Oh, never mind. We'll move on. <laughs> I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Um, okay. What's your number one? Give me the hell out of the show tonight. Well, <laughs> what's your number one? I'm putting on screen. I'm not waiting for this fucker to say the words. Just in Boatman. What's he doing? What is well, he doing? just sit here and stare at him. <laughs> sorry. My well, mom. Welcome to the present. My mom was texting me. I'm sorry. I don't care oh, what your dear. mom said. <laughs> That's right. Uh, my best picture pick is Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. I, I love this movie. I love how much heart this movie has. I, I, Kirk really said a lot of eloquent things uh, last night on Logged It. He talked about how this is kind of the found family about an actual family, and I think that's so true. I love all these characters, right? You have Greg Kinnear, who is clearly so preoccupied with present presentation. He cares about how things look. He very much cares about surface level. Then you have Tony Klett, who's really just trying to keep it all together. You have Paul Dana, who kind of wants, who clearly just wants to escape from his family, both by escaping to the Air Force and by just not talking, 
you really, you have all these people who want to escape from their family in different ways, right? Olive is really the only one that doesn't, but even then she wants to be a giant star. Uh, you know, Alan Arkin is really the only one who doesn't. Um, and you have Steve Carell who wanted to escape from life in the darkest way possible. So like, it, it's really just complicated people who aren't happy with where they are. And I think that's so fascinating, but it's also funny. Like this movie exists in the tragic and the comedic at the same time, right? That scene where Dano finds out that he can't find fly planes when he just starts, it's, it's tragic. But then he starts banging his head and the horn starts honking. There's something so funny about that moment, too. I love this movie so much. Uh, yeah, this movie's great. This movie has a lot. Um, not the same vibe, I wouldn't say it, but I thought I put these in the same camp as The Way Way Back. They're both certain elements that I just, they're feel good movies that I put on that I enjoy. I didn't know how much. When I watched it originally, I thought, okay, fine. And then when I it cut, it started being brought up on our um, show a lot more. I had to rewatch it, and yes, it's 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 great. It has everything you need. All the characters get develop over the time of the film. It's not a super long film, but you feel like every character is fleshed out by the end of it. There has a lot of heart in it. I love the ice cream scene. It's just one of those levels of movies right now. I've talked to almost, we've talked about it so much. I talked about it last week on the show, including it. So it's just like, it's just hard at this point because I can't, I don't have anything original to say. And I don't want to, I don't want to penalize people that are on the show a lot for not talking about movies they like. It's just hard. Um, I, there's nothing negative I can say about it. I enjoy it throughout. Um, if it was ever on, I would never turn it off. I would watch it through. So great choice. Uh, everybody quick on Little Miss Sunshine, especially if you were on the show last week. I love it. It's an all-timer. Great choice. If you're ever inducted into the Kingsman, uh, you have to watch this movie. Hinson hasn't watched this movie yet. Well, he's gonna fucking do it. Um, How's he allowed in there? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Barely. I like this movie a lot. Um, I, funny enough, watched this on a road trip. Uh, so it was kind of cool, like the parallels there. Um, and yeah, it's a good movie. It's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, it's got really good ideas. Um, it's interesting that one original screenplay. I definitely would not have, but I can at least respect it. And uh, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, no, this movie's great. Uh, just fantastic screenplay, fantastic performances. Alan Arkin's great. I love Abigail Breslin in this movie so much. She's so good. I uh, I haven't seen Dreamgirls, but I'm kind of upset now that uh, that she lost the Oscar that year. Uh, but great movie, great pick. I still stand by. You could put another girl, little actress in that role, and still be as good. I still stand, I still stand by. I think it's the script and everything that plays off. Um, okay. Well, the combined list. Oh no! What I fuck now? How did everyone go? You were great. What? I was just saying, yeah. Like, how did we all I'm go? Great. I'm curious. Um, hold on, let me pull it up and let me look real quick so I'm not making any mistakes. I think Pinchuk's got this though, man. This is Oh, don't 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 put things in my head. Um, that's the problem when you do that. Um uh, Yeah, winner this week, um, Jack Pinchuk. 
um, with a B, overall B. Um, I think Fellowship, I, I'm not arguing with the problem, but I think the director was great. Uh, and Glorious Bastards. Tommy Lee Jones is the only thing I would criticize on the, in Munich. I think those are the two things, but I don't think they're terrible choices. Um, next is um, Boatman. How the like, fuck? Hold on. How? This man called Feeney a pedophile. Oh, oh. You were oh, right. right. No, fuck you, Karen. Coho uh, is now in second. That's what I'm fucking talking about. Uh, B minus. I think the only thing is, I, the one I couldn't argue with really was um, uh, Kate Winslow because I hadn't seen it. Um, and I watched a movie for your list because I forgot to take it off my list because, and then I never got to talk about it, which is fine because you switched it off from Michael Clayton. And up in the air is a little too high, but it's your kind of movie. It's fine. Uh, third place is Jake. Um, arguably, um, probably a C minus. Um, you have Nick Nolte on there for the Hulk, Adam Chandler for Punch Drunk Love. Uh, you picked uh, 13, which is like the one of painful ride for me. Um, but you also didn't call one of my fictional, uh, 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 char- uh characters in uh, TV that I've looked up to. In and hindsight, at. I, <laughs> I mixed up Mr. Belding and Mr. Feeney. Uh, that's even fucking worse than <laughs> just, uh, those phrases. <laughs> um, if you've ever watched, if you've ever watched, uh, if you ever watched Mr. Feeney give up his last speech, don't you mean do well? No, do good. Ah, uh, tears roll down my face every time. Um, and then last with a total F, um, Boatman. He had a great choice. He would have came in second, but the phrasing that he used was absolutely one of the worst on this show's history. Um, thank you, Coho, for. You're yeah. the person I bring you back. I was in. like, I, I should have beaten this bitch. <laughs> I forgot. I went I went off that and didn't even hear about it. You're correct. Um <laughs> all right, a combined list. I picked overall songs, accidentally in love, parts of the Caribbean with score, oh. screenplay with Zodiac, original screenplay with Leon Titch, Kate Hudson, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Kate Winslet, uh Nicholas Cage, Inglorious Bastards, Little Miss Sundays. I have no picks in there. The correct choice, this is going to be wild, Best Picture Zodiac, Director Mystic River, Jim Carrey for How the Grinch Stole Christmas. No. Uh, Kill Bill with Uma Thurman. What the fuck? Uh, Bill Nighy is supporting actor. Uh, uh, Rosemary Burns in Spider-Man. Uh, Rosemary Harris. In, uh, <laughs> Rosemary uh, Harris? In, uh, Not even Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2? Spider-Man? No, it was, it was Spider-Man 2, but I didn't put him in. He, he just said Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, fine. It's Spider-Man 2. Uh, <laughs> I'm oh, the only one with balls on this thing, and I put Nemo for score because uh, someone just didn't sit back like a punk. No, I didn't. Nemo was you original screenplay. Screenplay. Oh, brother was adapted. No, uh, score was Gladiator, and I didn't almost there for friends of the vlog, but I wish I would have went back and did um, accidentally in love. Uh, that's the list. Uh, overall, great time. Jim Carrey, best actor, standby. You know what? You know what? Crazy. I'll, I'll score Crazy. You. He's great. No, y'all are dumb. Jim Carrey, the bridge, great. Better pick than Nick Nolte for Hulk. This is uh, facts. Um, next week we're doing high films. I feel really bad. Uh, um, uh, Rue sent me a list for 2000s Oscars. I asked Boatman to be on. I could have removed him. I totally forgot about it. It's I bad. didn't have to be here. You didn't have to be here. Well, you take building that F, team. On the list, we have a list of um, just pick a movie character. Can't be in a crime film. Pick those parts. We'll come in. Don't rank them. 
So at the leaders at the top, right-hand man's at second, we'll all stay in the same row, but we're all just going to talk about what we do as heist people um, and why they'd be the best. Then we got Pacino. Then we got acting performances. Top 100, it's Barr, it's Boatman, it's Coho, it's Jack. Um, how many times will Lord of the Rings come on? You be the judge, not me. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, I need two more people. I have Brian Michaels and I have Rue next week for heist, so I need two other films. Jack will be on for the third. Oh, cool. Jack will be the third if I if um, I don't get anybody else. But I'm trying to save Jack because I have to be on call with him for 10 weeks. Um, everybody else, have a great night. And go watch Boy Meets World and realize that Feeney's not a pedophile. Um, have a good night. guilt has been determined. This is merely a sentencing hearing. Now what will it be? Death or exile? You better lawyer up, asshole, because I'm not coming back for 30%. I'm coming back for everything. So Normally, I would say Alphidazine, but since what Alphidazine actually means is till I see you again, and since I never wish to see you again, to you, sir, I say goodbye.